you hear check us out on our website ifnzpodcast.com as well as our facebook page facebook.com slash ifnzpodcast please be sure to like subscribe and leave a review for the show it really helps us out and as always enjoy the show again i i don't know when it's a nice day maybe it's summer maybe a holiday maybe fourth of July, maybe those rings will be just came out and you'll love the land of middle earth if you'll be a late show Welcome to IFNZ Podcast, episode 99. Yay! We are one away from the grand finale mm-hmm. of episodes. It's uh, 100, end of season one. You can't make that up. You can't. You can't make that up. Nope. If I was telling you a bedtime story, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's super exciting. We're, we're excited to, to give you guys... Uh, these last couple episodes uh, before the end of the season. Um, so Absolutely. That's all we can talk about. I'm just excited for it. Uh, but one other thing we can talk about is, is imagine this. Okay, if I I'm told thinking, you, I Sicily, said... Sicily, 1942. <laughs> that old joke, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you could have any kind of food you wanted in a dispenser. What kind? What do you mean? Like, like a like, you could just walk up to it. You could pull a handle, and it'll come out in a plate, bowl, cup, whatever you want it to be. Uh-huh. Any food I want. Any food you want. Okay. What would it be? What would it be? Yeah. Oh, um, I don't know, man. I think everything's pretty well made up uh, in in the containers that I'm that I'm used to. Yeah, but maybe that's like a problem. You're maybe used like, to it. Maybe like Oreo cream. Listen, you would want just like the cream part. Of an Oreo, that like way in a I can make it. You know what I mean? Thing. Like I could get like the cookies, like the halves of the cookies. And you make I your could, own cookies. I could make my own most stuffed. That'd be cool if they made like <laughs> an Oreo kit, and you mm-hmm. got cookies and little pats of icing, mm-hmm. and you could stack as many pats as you wanted to, and you, it came with like a little, pat, pat, pat. a little uh, like a tweezer, a little yeah. tweezer action. You just kind of move them onto your thing. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but no, you're wrong. That's not what you'd want. You'd want mac and cheese. Oh yeah, that's what I meant to say. I'm sorry. Macaroni and cheese. <laughs> is it homemade or like like from craft? It would be Stouffer's. Oh, Stouffer's. It'd be Stouffer's Ooh, mac and man. You know, I could eat an entire tray of Stouffer's mac it's and cheese. Mac on tap. That's what they're calling it. Nice. And uh, so this is something that they're looking to put in uh, different uh, venues. I I don't. They haven't really decided where it's going to be, or it hasn't said where it's going to be, but potentially restaurants. Mm-hmm. You could get this in. I'm I'm imagining that'd be an awesome like gas station snack. Could it would imagine, be an amazing like, gas some... station test. This seems like something that you would get at like that's a high end gas station. Corral. Yeah, absolutely. You know it'd be I mean? a great golden corral option. Yeah. Like an all you can eat buffet mm-hmm. thing, you're just like, oh, I gotta go get my mac and cheese on, and then you just yeah. out into your plate. Yeah. You now, can make I like a little like noise, but... mashed potato like bowl to accept the mac and cheese mm-hmm. within it. Ooh, a bread bowl would be good too. Yeah. Like if they just gave you the bread bowl or you just got your own bread. You're like, and then you fuck this, I'm out. just going to cup it out myself and yeah. then I'll make my own bread bowl. You just got little uh, like dinner rolls. You don't own me, You got little Golden d- Corral. <laughs> little dinner rolls and you just hollowed out the middle and just like filled it with mac and cheese. Oh, that'd be good. And then you could cap it back off and it'd just like, it'd be like eating a like donut. stuff, You know, yeah. like, like, a, like a cream-filled donut. Like a donut. savory donut mm-hmm. instead of a sweet one. Uh, that's exciting. I'm pumped for it. And with that, I think we should talk about some food. Tell me about food. Food news! 
So we got a couple of new food things on the uh, on the menu, if you will. Frosted flakes and Fruit Loops are to be combined into one cereal box. Really? Yes. So Frosted Flakes with marshmallows, but it also has no, the fruit bits loops. in it. Oh, Fruit Loops. I'm yes. sorry. I heard Lucky Charms for some reason. <laughs> Uh, so Frosted Flakes and Fruit Loops together. Yeah, in a in a, in a two-in-one kind of box thing that we could have uh, for that. Ritz has got some new Ritz cheese crispers. So these look like they're kind of the same vein as like a like a like a cheese it or a nips. You know what I mean? Kind of, yeah. but just a little bit bigger. I and it comes in multiple varieties, just like Cheez-Its does now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got two different varieties here that they have showcased that you can see. These aren't out yet, it doesn't look like. But you've got uh, four cheese and herb and cheddar. So I All guess right. cheddar would probably be kind of like your classic crisp that you would get from like a Cheez-It. Well, no, it's different than a Cheez-It. Those are, these are like puff-popped. Like they're, they're they thinner. Almost look, they're they look crispier. Like, they look like the... the uh, uh, Gardettos makes the crisps... Now, have you seen those okay. at gas stations? Mm-hmm. I've had those a couple different times. It's basically like a crisp cracker similar to this, but yeah. it's got the Gardetto seasoning and flavoring I and see. stuff like that all baked okay. into it and whatnot. It looks very similar to that, really. Honestly, the, the four cheese and herb sounds very interesting. Yeah. I like that. Right on. Um, so we also have uh, the hostess is going to be giving us a s'more cupcake that is going to be exclusive at Walmart's. Oh, so uh, it's gonna I'd, be. Like, I'd, I would eat some. I would eat some more of that. Like your hostess cupcake, but it's gonna be rocking uh, the the s'more option. If you uh, take a gander at this, it's gonna have like a white cake, uh, mm. simulating like a graham cracker uh, flavoring. The, your cream is gonna be your marshmallow, and then of course the chocolate on top will be like your chocolate. That that looks very appealing to me. Yeah, honestly, if you're into that kind of. In the similar vein, uh, Honey Made, the people that are known for making most of our uh, our graham crackers that we've ate oh, in yeah. s'mores, mm-hmm. um, is getting into the cereal game. So Post is making a Honey Made graham cereal, uh, uh, graham cereal. So it's basically your graham crackers uh, in a smaller variety. And this one actually has cinnamon baked into it, or onto it rather, kind of like a cinnamon toast crunch in a way. Um, and those will be hitting the shelves very soon. Nice. And uh, San Diego Comic-Con is actually exclusively launching a Jurassic Park Barbasol uh, <laughs> uh, toy where you can get the Barbasol can. That Oh, wait, this isn't food. No, I'm joking. I knew it wasn't food. I just thought it would be funny to it say. It is really cool. Um, you unscrew the bottom of the Barbasol can, and you get a, a figure of Dennis uh, Nedry, I believe is... Uh, the guy who has the the shit in the bottom mm-hmm. of the uh, barbasol can, um, and uh, yeah, you get a little action figure. It's cute. Has he got an little action figure? See, no one cares. Remember, like from no. Jurassic Park, where he was yelling at the guy. No, I don't remember. That. He's selling a, he's selling me confidential information, and they're sitting at the restaurant, and he's just like, "See, nobody cares." Oh, or whatever, too. I do remember that. Yeah. Wow. I'm following you. What about the? Do you have any more? No, I don't. What about trailers? We got trailers. Let's talk about some trailers, then. Trailers! All right. Well, let's talk about uh, a little show called Muppets Now. Okay. Do you watch trailer for this? Have you seen this? You heard anything about Muppets Now? Yes, I have. You familiar We've with Muppets about Now? We've talked about Muppets Now before. We've talked news. about it. They've got a trailer. They dropped nice. a little, uh, little uh, sneak peek trailer, a little thing. It's cute. It's funny. It's short. Uh, it's essentially uh, Kermit and this lawyer, which is an otter. And they're talking about the show, and the lawyer Otter is uh, telling him what he can and can't say about the show legally. 
um, as they kind of talk about it. Uh, looks like we're going to get Seth Rogen's going to be on the show. <laughs> uh, who else is going to be on there? That's Miss all Piggy. I remember. Miss Piggy's going to I was talking about guests, but yeah, Miss Piggy will be on oh, there. Oh, okay. All Not your, cast members. Yeah, your normal Muppets will all be there. Uh, it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. It's coming at the tail end of July, like July 31st, like tail end. Like it's real close to the very end of it. Um, I'm excited for it. I like Muppets. I love Muppets. Uh, these Muppets. are supposed to be, this is like a shorter show, right? Um, I don't know. I think it's supposed to be like a snipped, like like it's it's only like seven, eight minute, like Quibi style episodes. Okay. It's like it's very short. I hope not, but okay. Okay. Because um, it seems like they've got a lot going on. Like, so I'll be, I'll be interested to see what it kind of turns out to be because... And I had heard that originally too, but it—they've got guests, they've got action going on, like with the like characters. It seems like it's a lot to have going on for. I don't think little... so. If you do it almost like a skit-based type of a thing, like if the yeah, skit lasts so. like seven to eight minutes, in like the same vein as like an SNL. But they're like sitting at a table doing like questions, yeah, and stuff. Like they're doing like a like a. a I was just using thing. the skit as just a as an example. I see. You know what I mean? Like like most of your SNL skits are like seven or eight minutes long, typically something yeah. in that form, and you have really? just kind of short form, uh, you know, little snippets of things, and then you're kind of in and out of that. But it seems like a lot of content, though, that they've got, like, at least based on the uh, the trailer. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of, lot of different content was displayed on the trailer. Uh, but it may be. It may be. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows what's up? But it looks good. Looks good. Uh, we also got the, uh, the uh, little sneak peek of the Justice League Snyder Cut. Oh. Have you seen that? No, I have not. Uh, so it's um, a lot of, like, Wonder Woman... Uh, is in this um, like kind of tomb-ish thing. She's looking at like almost like hieroglyphic-y things on the wall, and uh, she sees like what is like a dark side type image and things like that. And you kind of see her get real like scared or worried that that's what's coming up. And there's some shots of other people that would be in the movie like Flash and, and Cyborg and whatnot, but nothing like major. It looks like really we're just kind of in this teaser following what Wonder Woman's kind of up to. Uh, and she's exploring. And uh, then we get a very last kind of cut of the kind of Omega Dream or Nightmare Batman Dream kind of thing where the fields are. Okay. Uh, or the kind of the open area from Justice League, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Kind of desert area. Um, but Darkseid standing in the middle of it. And you actually get to see like a, a little uh, little image of Darkseid. Cool. This came out a few weeks ago, so I know that's kind of old news to some people, but um, I figured it's worth a conversation that we do have a, a little sneak. We are getting Darkseid for sure in this movie, um, which is uh, weird. I don't know what all of this means for the DC. Did we say before, does this mean like how much more money did they spend on doing this initial cut? The, the Getting this. The new, like, like what, the, the new Snyder cut that yeah. you're talking about? I don't know what their budget was. There is a budget has been released, but I don't know what it was. I mean, it's millions of dollars, I do yeah. believe. Like I just four? didn't know. I mean, because you're, you're adding million. in like a whole other, you know, side of things. A lot of it. They're not adding there. in anything. This is all stuff that was already originally shot and cut out. Sure. They're just tightening up the CG okay. um, on it and then doing, I think, some voice work and just... Editing a lot of a lot of post production. They already have some. Who's do they say who's the voice for Darkseid? I don't know. Or is he going to have a voice? Even you think? I don't know. I would think yes. He would have a voice. Maybe it would just be like imagery mostly. I don't know if they had already cast that and it was already done Um, because this movie was 
quite done, I believe, when they went and uh, when Zack Snyder's uh, kid committed suicide, I think, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Um, and and he left the movie, and then they hired Joss to come in and shoot, I think, 60% more of the movie. Like, they did a whole other version of the movie, essentially. So we got, so that's what is so different and, and big about this uh, redo that they're doing there. So, I don't know. Uh, we also got a trailer for Waiting for the Barbarians. Yeah. Uh, which is a movie with uh, Johnny Depp and Robert Pattinson. And you had me watch this, not but not but just a couple minutes ago. I did. Uh, I I was refreshed with this just because I like to see Johnny Depp in weird kind of indie film type roles. This doesn't look like it's a giant big budget movie. Uh, he's not trying to play like this cartoony character. It looks like he's playing Absolutely this not. kind of. I mean, he's very weird. He's like a villain in a sense, yeah. almost because of the Absolutely. story that's kind of going yeah. on. Yeah, and uh, I like his kind of glasses he's rocking in oh, that yeah. trailer, and just his look overall is pretty good. And then Robert Pattinson's playing uh, a soldier of sorts um, on there, and it looks it looks like uh, it's going to be a good uh, versus. I think those two going toe-to-toe is going to be a pretty good thing. Cause I think Robert Pattinson's character is actually with Johnny Depp, it looked like, in the oh, really? trailer to me. I got the vibe that he was on the other side. Like I think he, was, he wanted to be on the other side, but then he kind of ends up i don't know it, it was weird how it kind of placed him because there was points in times whenever he was yelling at johnny depp's character yeah. but then there was points in times where he was also yelling at the other guy that the older gentleman that is a soldier as well within that ranks of these aren't this army mm-hmm. but is trying to do what he can to save these people that yeah. are the quote-unquote barbarians which look like they're just maybe mongolians in a way maybe that's that's kind of the area know. that yeah. they're going into that, that you know this point in time, this is supposed to be, it seems like, whenever the British Empire was stretching out all across Europe into, you know, parts of Africa, into parts of Asia, and kind of getting to branch out further and further. And you think they're trying to knock back these barbarians, as they call them. And it seems like whenever the Mongolians are trying to take back over, and they're not really bad people, per se, they just are misunderstood. They just don't want just their again. shit taken over. They don't want their shit taken over. They just <laughs> want to live life as they've lived life yeah. for thousands of years. And these right. people are coming, and they're just like, we don't fucking care, and they just take over kind yeah. of a thing. And that's what Johnny Depp's character is just very much kind all about. He's, or whatever. Yeah, he's like the leader of their, their militia. I get the idea that Robert Pattinson's character is, uh, uh, he is obviously a soldier with that army, uh, but is conflicted about the decisions that are being made. I think he's trying to come to grips with, I need to do what's right, but at the same time, I have to follow orders too, kind of a thing. I think he's like your, he's your, you got one person on one side, a clear side, the older guy, you have uh, Johnny Depp on this side, that's just like, we're we're here to do this, and this is it. And then you have your conflict in the middle with Robert Pattinson. Absolutely. And then we got a trailer for a movie called Max Reload and the Nether Blasters. Yeah. Uh, it's got Greg Grumberg in it, Kevin Smith, uh, Shannon Elizabeth's ex-husband. Um, I never remember his name. Kevin Smith? No. <laughs> uh, another guy, comma. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then some uh, young up-and-comers that I'm not familiar with. Uh, looks like they've... I mean, I don't imagine they've probably been in something. But this movie uh, looks very indie. Kind yeah, of very much so. Shot with a low budget. You're not talking about major Hollywood studio kind of stuff going on here. You've got yeah, it's got a little campiness going yeah, on to it for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Uh, but essentially, there's uh, a game that is well, Whedon. Uh, 
it's got a what do you call it a, a curse to it or whatever yeah uh, where there's it a looks chosen like an old, one like or... atari 20 uh, 2600 title and it has like a curse to it and the greg gruenberg's character seems like he's he the was, survivor he's the survivor he thought he had destroyed every cartridge that was there but now there's one that's been found by yeah. the main lead kid characters uh i guess maybe in the attic or something look he was opening it up from an old box and yeah starts playing it and uh, they mentioned about like the curse kind of crumbs out into the world because the villain of the game wants to become real instead of yeah. you know whatever, and he takes over specific people that are taking you know that start playing the game. Yeah, you see those characters have like red eyes or whatever, and he's yeah. trying to break out into the real world by taking over, kind of. And the game goes mobile. Yeah, they said, what if the game goes mobile and it starts taking over people you know, yeah. all over the world in that sense, then they're trying to do what they can to stop it yeah. and save the world. That's right. So, like you said, super campy. Uh, it looked fun, though. I mean, it wouldn't be something I'd go to a theater lineup for, but I would turn it on at some point in time. Yeah, Especially since sure. it's got, like, Kevin Smith in it, and, you know, and, you know, i got to watch it just because he's in it alone, but... It looks good. Looks like a thing. Do you have any other uh, trailers you want to oh, check out? Oh, we watched about? the Tax Collector trailer. Oh, we did talk about the Tax We did watch the Tax Collector. So this uh, Tax Collector, what do you feel? how do you feel about it? Tell, tell the folks at home a little bit about it. Mixed. I have mixed feelings about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know more before I judge it, but it looks like Shia LaBeouf is playing a uh, the head of a Mexican cartel type situation or a Mexican gang, not cartel, bad word. Uh, not bad word, but incorrect word. Uh, it looks like he's the head of a, a a gang in like Southern California, and uh, it seems as though he may be playing a Mexican uh, character. He's not. He's but, not the leader of a gang, though. He is in charge of collecting taxes true. for. I think they said forty-seven major gangs in the Los Angeles areas. I gotcha. So there's like Which 47 like gangs. his own gang then. I guess it? in a way, but I mean, I think he does it to, but he's even got a boss. We find out as yes. it goes on as well. Um, but yeah, it looks like, uh, he's playing a, like he's playing really good. Like I like his character. I'm a little uh, unsure of whether or not he is trying to play Mexican, which I don't I think like. He's a, I think he is supposed to be a white guy, Good. but he is a white guy that has basically been in a predominantly Mexican yeah. or Latino neighborhood and area his entire life, Absolutely. and he's basically just steeped in that culture. If that's the way so that they play that. So he has that kind of semi-accent with it, too. Yeah. So, yes, if, unless he is meant to be playing a person of Latino persuasion, then that not. will be real weird and not great feels, for the culture going feels, on right uh, in this world. Right yeah, now. Phil's a little uh, misrepresentative. That's the case. That's why I said I'd, I want to know more about it before yes. I would make any kind of judgment. Uh, but it seems to play that way. I wish, if anything, they would have maybe gave that guy a little bit of a backstory in, um, in the trailer just to be like ahead of it and just be like, I'm a white dude, like, or if they would have been like, you're gonna let that that uh, I don't know what you're gonna let that you're gonna let that gringo, yeah, uh, tell you, know, you what like to kind of thing. just something enough. You're gonna just, let that gringo tell you what to do, yeah, just kind something on that. You maybe that shouldn't you do the accent either. I don't know. Like me, I shouldn't do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that that would maybe solve a lot of problem if they would just put a line in there in the trailer. Nah, uh, but <laughs> outside of that, the movie looks dope. Yeah, it looks really cool. It's got a very, uh, I don't know, it, it's that very, I don't know how to, how to really describe it, like what kind of vibe it kind of gives off. It gives off a similar vibe to me of like maybe like Four Brothers, like a movie like that kind okay. of a thing. I've never seen Four Brothers, but I I would go with that. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Uh, you want to get into a little bit of news? Yes. 
Let's talk about, um, let's not bury the lead. Uh, Michael Keaton's Batman. You're not going to bury it? No. Michael Keaton isn't Batman anymore. Yeah, he's going to be Batman again. No. He's coming back. Why? He's going to be... Oh, uh, wait. Is he going to be old Bruce Wayne? And we're going to get uh, Terry McGinnis finally? And, and it's going to pan out just the way that I dreamed and hoped it would? And uh, Maybe. But no. we're, let's talk about what's actually going to happen okay. first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it appears that Michael Keaton is in talks to reprise his role as Bruce Wayne slash Batman for um, not one movie, but multiple movies over an uh, extended period of time over the DCEU. Um, he will be in the uh, Flashpoint movie, the, the Flash movie, uh-huh. for sure. And it appears that... So what would he be? Would he be Thomas Wayne at that point? No, he'd be Bruce Wayne. He's still Bruce? I yeah. thought in the Flashpoint, whenever he goes to the alternate timeline, isn't it Thomas and Martha that are there? And well, Bruce I mean, dies? the whole story has a Bruce Wayne. Well, yeah, I know that. Too. I'm just saying, like, I didn't know where he was playing a character in there. I'd say Because, I mean, technically, Bruce. in that alternate timeline, he could be he could be Thomas, I no. guess. You know what I mean? No. If anybody's playing Thomas, it's um, Negan. It's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Okay. Because he played Bruce's dad. Is he going to talk like Negan? I'd probably talk like... like uh, <laughs> Like maybe Thomas Wayne did. I don't know. <laughs> he didn't have but like one line, I think, before he died. Yeah. Um, probably not. He'll probably play a different version of a character. I think Wouldn't he's got a little bit more cool, dimensions. That would be cool if he just does that. Though. I think he's got a few more dimensions. He's got a, he's got a lot of dimensions. He's a very talented actor. Um, yeah, no, I, he's definitely, I would say, coming back as Bruce Wayne, um, an older Bruce Wayne, in the Flashpoint. So the Flashpoint series... Uh, Yes, it does take you to a time where Bruce dies, his parents live, his mom becomes a Joker-type figure, and his dad becomes a uh, Batman-type figure. Um, it's an old story. It's I'm just fine. joking. It's fine. Um, Ignore me and keep talking. <laughs> but you keep interrupting it. I know, but that's how it works. <laughs> I just got to navigate around you. Have you not been here you. for 98 other episodes? <laughs> um so, yes, that does happen, but the thing that you get to play with with Flashpoint is that when Flash goes back in time, he also just messes with the time. Yes. Like, everything is just jacked up. So, you can easily turn a Ben Affleck Batman into an older Batman, a la Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. They you look could, the same. You could pull him through... And you can make all of the Batmans exist. Christian Bale's Batman exists. Hmm. Michael Keaton's Batman. Val Kilmer's. George Clooney's. Adam West. The animated. You can make them all exist. Just like the multiverse. Uh, Spider-Man multiverse. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Verse, if you will. Um, did what it did. So, they could all exist. And instead of getting any of those Batman, we get the Michael Keaton one in our main world instead. So, you know, things can get all jacked up, timelines and whatnot. Um, what that means, and what they've at least proposed it means, is that uh, Michael Keaton would become then our um, Samuel Jackson of of the Marvel Universe, kind of for the DC. He would be the, the gap-bridging character because you've got an older, wiser Bruce who probably knows a lot more people. Yeah. Maybe has even traveled through multiple universes before. You could easily say that's where he's been all this time since we last left off in 1991. Is that when Returns came out? 92, uh, something like that. I don't remember. Um, 
that's what he's been doing in the, for the last 30 years has been just going through all these different timelines and meeting all these people that he could then pull in to wherever. Uh, Looks like it's a 92 film. Okay. And it was pretty close. Right yeah, on. you were right there. Um, so, yeah. That's what we know for sure. What do you think it would take to get like every person that's played Batman back together to do like a Batman multiverse movie? I don't know if I'd want to. I don't know if I'd want to either, but I'm just saying, like, just how much money which do you Batmans think that movie would cost? <laughs> would you? Well, let's talk about which Batmans you would actually want in there. All of them. Do you want Val Kilmer? I want all of them. Val I Kilmer, said all of them. Uh, would be pretty cheap because you wouldn't really give him much talking parts because he can't really speak well anymore these days. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be brooding, Clooney, just standing in the background. Uh, Clooney would be expensive. You think? Yeah, I think so. Well, blue eyes. If he's like, I gotta put on that <laughs> shit again. Um, so, oh, the other thing too with this article, and it's just what I mean, kind of a brief interruption yeah. is that uh, this and having Michael Keaton's Batman back in it uh, now means that if he does get to put on uh, cape and cowl again and stuff, that the bat nipples will be back. He didn't have bat nipples. He did. I thought that that started in the the last, the final two. I'm pretty sure it was in bat nipples were in those. Oh, I didn't think so. I'm pretty sure. I will believe you. I don't know for positive, but I, I'm almost sure. I think that, that that would make bat nipples canon again, which is you know one of the most important, is arguably it, important things. Is that one of the ones that really gets you? Yeah. Um, what else can you do with this character? You bring you bring in Michael Keaton. Um, you bring in a, a Bruce Wayne that is older outside of. Oh man, I don't Batman know. Batman Beyond. <laughs> What else? Uh, what else could you do with with this? Do you you could watch him talk about uh, you know what he used to do back in the day? Yeah. Uh, what else could you do with it? You could do uh, what's the one with the older characters? Kingdom Come, isn't that yeah. older? Yeah, like Superman and stuff Come like that. Story. Maybe you could do a Kingdom Come line. Would you? Um, um, would you make him dance? Get rid of anybody else? So we've got a whole. Uh, we have the potential with Flashpoint to get rid of anybody we don't want. Okay. Bring in anybody we like. You could technically get rid of even your Flash character. You could get rid of uh, what's his face, and you could bring in like Grant Gustin uh, from the TV show Flash. You're good. Um, I don't think I that like you would Ezra want Miller. to. Um, yeah, and I'm curious about Ezra Miller just because like he choked out uh, somebody like a fan uh, yeah. not too long ago, and yeah. we haven't heard much from Ezra Miller after that. I think he kind of like. With oh, the it's just because he's, he's doing Flashpoint. He's real busy. They haven't started yet. <laughs> uh, he's been at home because we're prepping. on He's just running around a lot. <laughs> um, so I'm sure he's questioning a lot of things in life, I would I would imagine. Yeah. Um, I guess you don't even, at that point, you don't even have to have an Ezra Miller Flash kick this thing off. No, not necessarily, Because you could start with a Flash from a whole other world. Mm-hmm. And that's where Flashpoint takes place and brings you into our Wonder Woman or all our Aquaman. Do we like our Wonder Woman? Yeah. We like her? We'll keep her around, Gal Gadot? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, you like our Aquaman? We got to keep Jason she's, Momoa? She's, uh, she's timeless, you know, so her looks and stuff like that don't necessarily have to change. Yeah. And, I mean, she's been a really great Wonder Woman as far as you I'm like concerned. Her? I like yeah. her a lot. I'm, I'm excited to see the new one whenever it drops. Um, I... I I like Jason Momoa. Are you a Momoa? I think he's pretty good. A Momoa. I don't know who else we would get. If we got another Aquaman, would you want somebody to be like a standard fair, prim and proper Aquaman? Or would you want kind of like the, how we have it, you know, how it is in like Flashpoint was kind of really where it was a stepping off point for 
Aquaman kind of being a little bit of a hard ass because whenever we was go it? that back in time kind of a thing, he's got the longer hair. Then he's kind of almost like your Batman in that sense. And, oh, and okay. he's got that kind of a darker brooding charisma type type, type thing going going I on see. for him. So, but I mean, like, uh, so I mean, I mean, it kind of plays out well there for that. Yeah. But I mean, if we did another Aquaman, would you want like blonde hair, pretty boy Aquaman, or would you want to stick with kind of what we got? Um, I don't know. And if we I'm stuck also, with what we got, would you want who besides Momoa who could pick up that mantle to play that character? You think that's a good point. That's a good a good like why not? It's like if you don't like Momoa, that's cool. But who would you put in there? Do you really want? I think a, Momoa a, a, a in general likes be, likes doing this role. I yeah. think that's very him in, fir- in the first it. place. And I think he did. Yeah, I think he digs a lot. Yeah. So I mean, it, it just kind of plays well. Yeah, he does I mean, a good job at it, and at the same time, I think he really enjoys it. I don't really need a like a pasty blonde dude like in there. Like, <laughs> just think, who's a pasty blonde that you could put in there in the first place? I just uh, I want to hear somebody that's like very stoic too, just like see. stop, villain. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, like the only person that could pull off Aquaman and make it cool as like a a, a, a pasty blonde would be like Brad Pitt, Zach Braff. No. <laughs> <laughs> like Brad Pitt ripped in like Fight Club like yeah. time, but like bleach blonde his hair mm-hmm. and like make him not tan, mm-hmm. and then like there's your Aquaman. Jared Leto was bleach blonde in that movie. <laughs> yeah, Jared Leto would be probably. Yeah. No, he's too soft. He's, he's busy doing other things. I don't think he's he busy would, being a vampire. Now. I don't think he'd be able to really do it. Cult leader slash vampire. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, why not for Momoa for sure? Okay, so Cyborg. You, we, we I don't have uh, I don't have a problem with uh, I can't remember his name. I right could now. be I, and I could honestly be okay with him not being in uh, the DCU because I think he's pretty good in Doom Patrol. Oh, they've got a cyborg on that on Doom Patrol. That's yeah, right. So yeah, I yeah. think that that would be kind of that seems like a better Pick a fit spot. for that character. Pick a maybe. spot for the dude. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So maybe one one or the other, Ray and maybe Fisher. sticks with That's that. Nice. Maybe stick with that side and. We don't necessarily have to have a cyborg there. He's yeah. already got a team that he's a part that of. That makes there. sense. Don't confuse the the viewers on anything. Yes. Like let's just. Um, and I I like the the uh, the like Teen Titans Junior Justice League. Uh, what Young Justice? Mm-hmm. Like I would rather Batman. Like man, maybe that's the way you go about it. Wonder Woman has her own adventures for as long as those movies rock mm-hmm. for a bit. Aquaman, same thing. Flash, same thing. Bring Michael Keaton in to be like running the Young Justice Academy, mm-hmm. and then like really just kick off with like Aqualad. He's and like Robin. Uh, he's and, like the Zed, or whatever his name is. What was his name? Is that from Power Zordon? Rangers? Zordon. He's Zordon. <laughs> That'd be yeah, exactly. Yeah, he just like lays in a robe on the like on a thing, and his giant head comes up in the Batcave. Because would we have Young Justice League? That would be Robin there. Then instead, or would it be? You would, Anybody else? You have Young Justice. You talking about like who all who is all in the actual lineup for Young Justice? Aqualad. Okay. Uh, Wonder Girl. So it's actually uh, it's basically the same thing, but we just made them kids. Yeah, right? kind of. Yeah. Okay. I guess so. Bat Boy. Uh, no, not Bat Boy. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like National Enquirer's Bat Boy. <laughs> yes. He looks, he looks like like the baby version of Man Bat. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember who's all in there, but. Uh, there's uh, the the girl version of Martian Manhunter. Yeah, it is just a kid version. I Martian. I really uh, want uh, Martian Manhunter in a movie. I mean, I know he's in the Supergirl show, uh, but I think they could do a really good job with uh, dealing with space uh, with Justice League. Mm-hmm. But 
Uh, we also have uh, some more skate game news. So, yeah. like, uh, Skater XL is going to be coming out. This looks hyper-realistic. Yeah, and most uh, of the skate uh, games do. This isn't skate, though. This is so Skater is, XL. Okay. So, Skater Skate 4 is also yes. coming down the pike. Skater XL is coming down the pike. Yeah. And then our Tony Hawk remasters yeah. 1 and 2. So, there's three different skate games all coming at your face all at once. Um, but Skater XL is going to give you community-created maps uh, coming to you right at launch. Um, this is going to be launching on July 28th, so right at the end of the month. When does uh, Tony Hawk come out? Is it September. September, okay. Yeah. And then I don't know when Skate 4 is coming out. I don't... It is 2021. I think they, oh, just, they just... EA just announced it, oh, and it's not going to be coming out. For okay. But if you look at, like... Look at these sets on here. They're mm-hmm. just, they look like pictures. Yeah. And Some of the preliminary screenshots that they show for Skate 4, though, are also... Pretty realistic. Are very too. realistic as well. And that's that's kind of what they try to go with with it. was, And that's what made it a little bit more fun for people. Because whenever you play, like, Skate 2, Skate 3, uh-huh. the realism and stuff that they do whenever you, like, get in a, like, like crash really bad kind of a thing is just ragdoll physics. So yeah. a lot of people, like, will like to try to make them crash and stuff like that on purpose just I because it looks real goofy. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, it's just, like, Really realistic. Yeah. Only you're kind of ragdolling, flailing around. You're never like stiff, you know, flying somewhere. Yeah. One, you know, with your body just kind of rigor mortis. Absolutely. Uh, and then we got um, some new news about the Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. So Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Disney has said they're going to be rebooting the franchise um, in whatever rules that reboots can take place. Uh, one would be that it's it's could potentially still have the existence of the previous Pirates movies. In it, uh, the one thing that I concern myself with when you keep the lore, yeah, is how long did pirates really exist in the world? Uh, you know, was it a hundred years? Was it fifty years? When was like the big time that like there was pirates and there was the uh, the English rule that was kind of trying to take over the seas? Because that seemed to be when pirates kind of formed was. The English were trying to get into all of these areas, and pirates fought off the English. Right. I mean, Generally. pirates had existed for hundreds of years prior to that as well, but I mean, okay. that's whenever you more predominantly know of them as whenever they were taking over like the East Indies and, and trying to build out trade routes. And then the pirates were like, oh, trade routes. They have goods and stuff on board that we can take over. Yeah. And that's kind of what started it because they would take it for themselves or they would take it and they would sell it themselves and make even more money kind of a thing. Take what and you can give nothing back. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's really kind of just how it goes. Uh, yeah. That period of time was, I think, somewhere roughly around like 80 years. Okay. Somewhere in that neighborhood, because it was like in the late, four, oh, not late 14, 15 to 1600s, like in that gap, that 100-year gap. There was like a like an 80-year window that that was consistently going on until the trade routes got mostly cleared off and the pirates were few and far between, like hardly any at all. I got you. I mean, still never completely went away. Yeah. We got pirates now. Still pirates now, absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I was. That was just kind I'm of like no. that pirate. Uh, how could uh, how how far how long can we keep this going without fully rebooting it? Is really what I was just kind of questioning. Um, but it looks like Margot Robbie is going to be brought in to potentially star in these Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Cool. Um, so I would imagine that she. My guess is she may take on a Will Turner type role. Okay. Uh, I don't know if she was maybe going to be like our new Jack Sparrow since she can kind of be 
maybe a little flashy. Yeah, I mean, not even necessarily. I mean, she could be flashy, but I think maybe if she was like acted like she was not all there, you know, kind of like he does, where mm-hmm. she could even be almost like a little bit borderline ditzy and kind of like that. But then she's also like incredibly hunting and knows exactly what she's doing at all times, could kind be. of a thing. Absolutely, I was thinking that she would play a good proper English that kind of goes rogue. Yeah. Um, also, and that that was kind of where I was like, oh, she would be kind of that character, and also, um, I I would like to see maybe because our our pirates generally of the Caribbean would be more Caribbean, yeah, in in ethnicity, right? I mean, sure. generally, uh, unless you it depends kind on of where the were. pirates were located and came from in the first place because i mean they could you could be a pirate and come from england and be in that area to do so I was like, unless you were welcomed into it but i i doubt that realistically i'm guessing that pirates of the caribbean would not be very welcoming to pirates of the english area sure they would be like fuck off this is our territory yeah, it's competing get out of here um we'll slit your throats and uh take your babies uh, and all that jazz. Switch your they could have, and take your babies. They could have done that, and maybe Margot Robbie's character was a baby that was taken, and she's was, now she's slitting throats. She was raised within the Caribbean folk, <laughs> uh, like that. So I don't know. Um, sure, Margot Robbie's all over the place. She got to strike while the iron's hot, is my thought. So if she's going to be in every major franchise ever uh, for the next five, ten years, uh, do it because. You don't always get that opportunity. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then we got some comic book news. You may slide some comic book news your way. Oh, slide it to me, baby. Today, this is July first. Uh, Negan lives. The uh, Walking Dead uh, comic book has been released. So, Walking Dead ended their comics uh, not too long ago. Obviously, uh-huh. uh, they they said, "Hey, we're done. This is the final." Uh, there's one last book that's going to come out as of right now, obviously, and that is Negan Lives, which is a one-shot of uh, what happens to Negan uh, through the ending, because the ending, spoilers, uh, has kind of a fast-forward to where uh, the the rest of the group is at after Rick dies Right um, through all that. So. They, they go through it, and so this gives you an idea of what Negan was up to over that lifespan of cool. those years. Uh, Stranger Things is getting a new comic book series. This is the third comic book series, I do believe. Um, and it will be the uh, story of... Uh, what's his name? Kid with no teeth. Oh, Dustin? Dustin. Yeah, Dustin going to camp. So it's kind of bridging the gap between Seasons 2 and Season 3, what Dustin was up to. Uh, the we series- get to meet his girl? Yeah. We get to meet like his whenever lady. he meets his girl, yep. rather exactly. Um, evidently, there were some shenanigans that happened uh, while he was at science camp. Oh, that I summer. can only imagine what kind of shenanigans Dustin gets up to. Four issue miniseries, um, and yeah, it looks like it may solve some mysteries that were thrown our direction in Ooh. season three. So we got that going on. Uh, we are getting a Bill and Ted Face the Music prequel comic. Uh, from the writer of the 90s Bill and Ted comics. Uh, so it would be released by Dark Horse. Nice. Uh, co-written by Ed Solomon, uh, which is one of the movie writers, and Evan Dorkin, who wrote and drew the uh, Ted, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey movie adaptation. Uh, so it looks exactly like the artwork from the uh, the 90s comic book series. And the series is called Bill and Ted Are Doomed. Nice. So we've got that going on. 
we also you remember the uh, Walmart Giants that we were getting for a while. Yes, they're no longer happening. Okay, no longer Walmart Giants, but uh, we they're getting replaced with uh, DC four packs. So, and we saw this before the Giants came out. They're, what about the Marvel ones that they started doing? Are those gone as well? I don't know. They're a different company. I'm not sure what they're doing. Okay. Um, I, I wasn't just, sure. This is coming from DC side of things. So, they may keep... Is Walmart doing... Were they doing four packs yeah. of comics? Okay. So, probably just going to model that same thing. Okay. Um, and I think DC was doing this before the Giants even. So, they're just kind of going back to that. Um, and they are going to be priced at eight ninety eight. They're going to include a collectible backing board, which features a different uh, superhero, and they'll form a uh, a big picture. It looks yeah. like there's uh, four of them, I do believe. Uh, so you buy each of the packs, you get a, a little uh, image. That's cool. Of things. And last but not least, on the comic book side of things, Free Comic Book Day is now officially going to be Free Comic Book Summer. So, uh, starting on, let's see, da, 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 July 15th through September 9th, every week, there'll be new free comic books coming out. Um, so, it'll be some a reason to We're go. I was really wondering what their, what their uh, plan was going to be of attack, because I know a lot of free comic book days, whenever we do like a big one, anyway, that necessitates a lot of groups coming yeah, into places absolutely. and whatnot. So, we kind of have to still really avoid bigger gatherings yeah this is going to be weird uh it's going to be real weird considering uh what books are going to come out what weeks uh do you go visit your local comic book shop every week um of course you know and and, and, and that's great absolutely <laughs> but uh that's a, it's a weird kind of concept I'm, I'm curious to see how it flows uh the other thought i would do is can you start a free comic book pull list no you cannot that's for sure <laughs> unless your your comic book person really likes your comic book store yes um i doubt that they would do that uh just in general the uh so i guess just keep an eye out to what books are going to be coming out when um i haven't kept up with free comic book day's website but they've always been generally pretty good at communicating now this is all shipped through diamond uh dc is no longer shipping through diamond okay and it has not been announced how dc is handling free comic book day if they're going to be releasing on the same schedule as diamond is uh but this will be an interesting kind of trial run to see how this plays out uh, my guess is that you're gonna kind of keep an eye on what books are coming out that week and maybe that week you go into your comic book store or maybe you go every week just to, as a surprise and see what's going to be there yeah. um Either way, it would be cool. I mean, obviously, more foot traffic to local comic book stores is going to help with uh, what we kind of just went through and are still going through with COVID and uh, the Backstreet Boys tour and all that jazz. So mm -hmm. um, that's what I got on my comic book news. Nice. Uh, Shad, how do you feel about MOBAs? I have no idea what that means. You don't know what a MOBA is? Nope. I'm going to tell you what a MOBA is. So have you ever heard of the hit title League of Legends? Mm, I don't know. What about any of the other MOBAs? Anyway, basically what a MOBA is. <laughs> Can you just explain this to me? So, MOBAs are uh, a multi-online player battle arena. Basically, it is uh, teams of five that group up 5v5, and they have these different aisles or lanes that are in these maps that you'll play in okay. against one another. You'll have specific enemy types that you can fight on your way to kind of make your character stronger as you go along. But you have like champions that you're kind of heralding that you're 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 kind of carrying throughout. Sometimes they'll have like little minions that kind of travel along with them or whatever. But you're fighting enemies, kind of leveling up your characters on the way. 
And then uh, you'll have specific aspects of the battlefield that you can actually take over. And whenever you take over them, it's kind of like a capture the flag. It will also, uh, in a sense, sometimes, like in, depending on the game, make your character stronger and whatnot, too. The objective is to take over your enemy players, like home base or destroy all of the other enemy players whichever kind of comes first depending on you know how that goes out um so pokemon uh their their big announcement that they were amping up that way we had those other announcements mm-hmm. that we had from uh the, like a couple weeks ago that was uh you know you, your pokemon cafe mix yep uh we had uh what was the pokemon teeth brush boy game yep pokemon snap and then we had another huge announcement that they were going to make a lot of people were really really anticipating it being uh, a remaster of uh an older pokemon like a gen 4 pokemon game because we've not had a remaster in a while Mm -hmm. um they were anticipating a lot of different things all of those hopes and dreams and promises that everybody thought was going to be coming through turned out to be pokemon unite (laughs) a moba um so essentially we like mobas uh, some people do. I've played a few of them. I played League of Legends um, a little bit here and there, and I, I like it okay, but it's not really necessarily my cup of tea. Gotcha. I think that the Pokemon community in general is so united, huge, that oh, it big. once this was kind of the thing that was announced as a free to start title yeah as they like to kind of yes as as they like to kind of call that free to start title obviously you'll probably be able to buy new champions quote unquote which will be different pokemon that you won't have at launch Mm -hmm. or maybe different skins make your pokemon like oh my pikachu's got a cool hat on now you know and stuff that you can spend money on or whatever down the road um but it is a MOBA in every sense of the word. You'll have different lanes that you kind of travel through. You're taking your Pokemon with you and fighting alongside with other people that are mm-hmm. on your teams, you know, kind of fanning out in these lanes, um, fighting other enemies' po- Pokemon. Maybe like you'll run across smaller ones at first, like Rattatas and stuff like that, and build up as your characters level up. And then you'll hit against those other uh, Pokemon that were from the other opponent's team. And that kind of the whole point is to take over each other's, like, Poke Center or whatever it may be that's on the opposite side or destroy the other Pokemon along the way. This was met with absolute huge, uh, just, just people were just trashing all over it. Oh, okay. Um, that's so the much, internet. What are you going to do? Yeah, so much so to the point where uh, whenever this was being streamed video-wise, the dislike button on YouTube and the like button on YouTube, the dislike was like, is immediately turned to like straight to like 37,000 dislikes and it had like a thousand up like yeah. likes and stuff like that. And uh, I guess the people from uh, the Pokemon company were not a fan of seeing those numbers and they thought it was going to diminish, you know, people from wanting to actually participate right. in like, or getting the game. So they re uploaded the trailer again so that way they could kind of cancel out and delete the other video and put the video out again wow. so that way they could kind of get it and people saw that that was something that they did so they just went right back and hit those negative buttons again hit those huh. down votes uh so that was a that was a pretty big announcement to them that they had i guess their company that they have that's developing this for them has made other mobas before in the past it's called tencent um i like i said i've never played any of their mobas they're not the ones that made the ones that i've played before yeah. Uh, trying to think what's the other big one is. Oh, Dota. Dota's the other big one. That's that, that one's actually made by uh, Valve, the company that makes like Half Life and, mm-hmm. and uh, Portal and stuff. Yeah. But Dota is their 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 big uh, their big MOBA that they have. So League and Dota are probably the two biggest. Gotcha. And now Pokemon Unites on its way to becoming the third biggest. I, I don't really. They're know. gonna oversaturate the market uh, with the with them Pokemon games. I think. Yeah, they sure are, and uh, I think that. 
you'll get a little bit of a turnaround on this. A lot of people try and try it out and maybe be a little bit more positive on oh, it because I, I, I see that it has potential to it and whatnot. But people and the fans were being so hyped up, and there were so many like data leaks of like these uh, remasters and stuff that were on their way. That whenever this came out and this was like you know nobody's radar, they were just like completely disappointed. Yeah. So that's just kind of what they had to expect from it. Um, apart from that, uh, let me see. I've got the PlayStation Plus uh, July games. We've okay. got the first ones that have hit out uh, now. Uh, all of them hit out on PlayStation side. I forget. Xbox is the one that does the timed release. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Uh, so if you are a PlayStation Plus member right now for the PlayStation Plus 10th anniversary, you uh, can get three games this month. Mm-hmm. We have NBA 2K20 um, that is being released. Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is the second one that in is the, the second in the trilogy. Yep, and it's a very very good game. I really enjoyed yeah. that one quite a bit. And then an indie title called Erica. I've never actually heard of it, so I really don't yeah. know what to expect with that one. It's off my radar too, uh, but I'll definitely check it out. And then on the Xbox side of things, we have uh, right now starting uh, starting right now. You can pick up uh, WRC Eight FIA World Rally Championship. It's like a racing title. That makes sense. Uh, Saint Row, Saints Row 2 is out, which is an Xbox 360 title initially, but they have a, a port for it for the Xbox One as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the middle of the month, starting on the 16th, you'll be able to get Dunk Lords, Ooh, which is, is a, a like basketball an indie, indie basketball title. Nice. Thing. And then Juju, which I'm not really sure what that is at all. Is It's another 360 title that is also compatible with Xbox One. I'm going to go with One. an indie title that of some is sort. On there. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree. It looks like a kid's game, maybe. Something okay. to that effect, if I'm not mistaken. Gotcha. But like I said, I've never really a bubble pop heard of it. I don't think it's like a bubble pop. I think it's like just like like a kid's game. It almost looks like a Super okay. Lucky's Tale Pup, or like Pup a Spyro the moon. type of a thing, like a, that kind of a game. Oh, Spyro is not a kid's game. It is absolutely one hundred percent a kid's game. Is it? I think it is. No. Oh, well, what about you? We have more news. Um, I got one more piece of news for you. One uh, very important piece of news. Uh, Mission Hill. Do you remember this animated show? Yeah, is that the one with uh, Will Ferrell did the voice for the dad? Is that Mission Hill? I don't Hill? think so. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Uh, What's the one be- that I'm thinking? Oh, no. I was thinking about the Oblongs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They did. <laughs> same time frame, though. Same, yeah, I think uh, that must be it. <laughs> uh, they were on the same station. They were both on WB. Same time frame around like the 99s to the 2001s if ish region. So, yeah. Will Ferrell absolutely did the... The, the thing for that. Uh, Mission Hill is uh, about a, a guy who uh, is going to college and gets to move in with his brother who lives in the city yeah. and I his do, group of friends. I do remember this. Uh, it's the, a very similar art style to the Oblongs, too, even. No. I think it is. No. You don't think so? Nope. Okay. Uh, I mean, you can think that. That's okay. Um, the... The whole premise is that you've got a nerdy, younger, uh, kind of incoming freshman uh, in college that moves into uh, his brother's apartment with his brother and his friends. Um, the One of the brother's friends is uh, voiced by Brian Posehn. I do remember that. Um, but uh, other than that, I cannot remember anybody that would do it. But the only reason I'm telling you all this, this thing ran for one season. There has been officially announced a spinoff uh, tentatively titled Gus and Wally. Uh, which follows uh, the neighbor, the neighboring gay couple uh, that are kind of, they're kind of an older gay couple that live next to um, the the Mission Hill characters, and so uh, it's still put on by the original creators Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein, um, and I'm pumped for it, especially if the animated style is the same. I do believe it is. Um, 
So, yeah, I I dig this show. This and the Oblongs were like two like DVD box sets that I uh, bought. They were both like one seasoners that got canceled on the yeah. WB. Uh, kind of their version of late night cartoons. Um, and then it, it had some existence, I think, on like either Comedy Central or it Adult was on, Swim. Adult Swim, yeah. Okay. And uh, it kind of lived there for a little bit. Uh, I remember specifically this having the uh, the, the cake uh, song as a theme song. Uh, the Italian leather sofa uh, was kind of a standout to me. That um, and I just I dig this show completely. So the fact that they're gonna have a spinoff with uh, with uh, Gus and Wally is uh, very funny to me. So it's awesome. Hot news. Hot, hot news. Speaking of hot news, I got one more thing that I want to talk about. Lay too. it on me, big boy. Uh, a couple of other leaked uh, things that came out that were announced earlier last week was we are officially getting a Crash Bandicoot 4. Oh, yeah. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. Which is also, you know, a play because it's, it's, it's about funny. the game's about time travel stuff. <laughs> so it's about time. Uh, another thing that was happening, apparently, if you do a pre order, you can get a, what they call the totally tubular skins for characters in the game. Oh. And I think that led people to believe that were potentially going to be microtransactions, but they had absolutely confirmed 100% game runners that this is just a full game, has over 100 levels. Um, you know, the hundred base levels, and I think there's bonus levels and stuff I that see. you can get into as well. And uh, that is just a pre-order incentive. There is no microtransactions whatsoever. It is a full-fledged crash sequel. You gotta be careful. If people start thinking you're gonna have microtransactions, they're gonna crush you. Yeah, they will crucify you. They don't uh, like those like outfits. They don't want. They don't want to. They don't have to pay can, for them outfits. They would think that it should be something that's earned in game versus being like I have to pay money for this kind of a thing. I think that's really the argument with it. You know, I mean, it's nice that they're available for people to buy, but it's also really cool if you just give me a sixty dollars title and make it something that I go through the game on hard mode and I'm able to unlock it as a reward versus spending extra money. But you can't make it too hard because then I'll complain about it being too hard. No, <laughs> that's not how that works. You know that that's is. That's that, exactly how it that's works. That's not how that works. I have, I heard that with the Kingdom Hearts side of things. No. Like, oh, it made it too hard. Now it's impossible. I what yeah. was the we were talking like two weeks ago? Where it's like I got to spend eighty hours to get this. Well, that's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't remember what game that was. I but don't either. It was something else where somebody was complaining because it took too long to get the extra. Oh, no, that, was, that was the uh, that was Star Wars Battlefront Two. Oh, well, Battlefront Two. They had. They basically was like, you can get this skin for a, this a, oh, the yeah. X character, you know, like like a, a rare, like a yeah. unique Dark Vader skin or something yeah. like that. And you would have to play the game for like, it was literally like somebody clocked it and t- did time for it and stuff. And it was like 200 plus hours yeah. to get this skin or you could pay them $20 now and have it. Yeah. Which is cool because, I mean, the guy was just like, I'm going to keep playing and trying to get yeah. it af- as is. But it's kind of ridiculous that they expect you to play for this long and doing this kind of a thing just to be have something that somebody could just pay money for and have immediately my argument exactly yeah that you can't please anybody no not at all um <laughs> also we're getting a remaster of the uh first person shooter hit crisis uh and that was a surprise crisis is spelled wrong it is on purpose. They're going to cry about it? Uh, and it is coming out, uh, it's supposed to be at the tail end of July, because mm. it was like a, just kind of a big surprise announcement that they had. Um, Crisis was really re- well-renowned for a very long time, because it had graphics that were 
far beyond what was capable of the time. Like they designed this game well before we even knew that this was going to be a thing. They developed it in engine as is to run this way. So people were using crisis as a baseline for how good will this game run kind of a thing for years and years and years kind of a thing. Kind of like into the matrix. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like how, you know, Neo looked like absolute dog shit. (laughs) It looked so good for the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and they and, had like little uh, movies even in there. They did. They had little snippets of the movies in there. Yeah. And then even ones that weren't from the movies. They just made, yeah. They just made their own things. It was like, let's dress those guys up as the ghosts again and Absolutely. make them dodge bullets. Yeah. Um, so this has actually been delayed apparently by a few more weeks extra. So we'll be getting it sometime in August now. I see. Um, but really cool that it was a surprise announcement. I think the plan is. Uh, they were initially, after they did the announcement, that it was supposed to be uh, Xbox, PS4, and uh, PC only. But the demand of it was strong enough that they were actually working on a port for the Switch now, too. So they're actually going to have a Switch version of it uh, be available. But they'll have to have a little bit extra time to get that port completed. And it's called Hit Crisis? Just Crisis. Oh, okay. Crisis. You said it was a hit. A hit cri- the Hit Crisis. The Hit Title Crisis. Yeah. Yeah, and I just thought it was Hit Crisis. <laughs> and so, what do you do in so this the game? The name of the, game, come the name of the company that makes the game is Crytek, and then Crytek was an engine that they developed, and that's that's kind of what kind of based oh, okay. a lot of the, the any of their games, like Far Cry. That is another game made by Crytek. Oh boy! So they kind of had to incorporate their name into like different titles, but they kind of that was their their way of doing things. I think they've actually sorted it out, and they sold out uh, Far Cry to Ubisoft. Now owns it. I see. Um, um, they've owned it since Far Cry 3, if I'm not mistaken, but the first two and then all the spinoffs from like two, because mm-hmm. they made like two or three different spinoff games from Far Cry 2. Okay. Um, those were all made specifically by Crytek and published by them. Um, but yeah, this this is a like a first person shooter, uh, just action adventure based game. Your character is uh, just kind of like this weird super genetic soldier that's in this mutate and like this suit that kind of form fits to him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a it gives him like extra superpower, so you can jump like crazy high, sprint really fast. It gives you like all of these different supernatural abilities inside of the suit. He's like a he's a super soldier. You're you're basically doing certain missions around the world trying to you know save the people gotcha yeah this game came out for 360 it did come out for 360 pc as well yeah cool yeah what about personals you want to get into a little bit let's do it what you been playing what have i been playing well shad there's a game that came out okay uh, just a couple weeks ago okay. that I've been playing called The Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. And uh, it's real good and really, really sad. Um, as The Last of Us does, they they have a tendency to tug, That's at, the what old, they do. tug at the old heart strings a little bit every now and then. Um, this has been really, really good. Uh, I, I like the whole lead into the game, uh, kind of giving you like... Uh, a little bit of backstory of like what's happened in the seven year gap that we've had because then we've not had a new Last of Us in seven years, and, and the time is real. Uh, yeah, in between the games. Yep. So okay. we have uh, basically what's happened just a few years after uh, the events that have happened in the Last of Us. So we have Ellie and uh, Joel living in uh, Tommy's sanctuary city that he's in, which is Joel's brother. 
um, and they're they're here kind of participating in the day to day life. You know, going out, getting food, getting all these different things. The city is absolutely massive. They have power, they have generators, um, and they're just kind of building like their own hub. And it mm-hmm. looks semi wild westy because everybody's like horse and carriage kind of a yeah, thing. There's no cars sure. driving around really. Um, so I mean, uh, it's it's very that kind of aesthetic to it. But it's it's a uh, I think the the game first starts off and it's kind of like almost fall in a way. Um, it kind of gives you like a little bit of backstory to what happened in that gap of time um, in between kind of where Ellie's at with what happened at the end of it, what she actually knows from what happens at the end of uh, The Last of Us Part 1, um, kind of leading into her relationship with Joel and how that's kind of, you know, gone further. They're still very, like, almost like father-daughter in a sense, but there's still, you know, this bit of tension because there's there's something that she knows that has happened that she's not... I don't really want to say too much because I'm not sure how far you were into in the first one. Not very far. Okay. So, I didn't want to say too much because I didn't want to spoil, like, how You're that game spoil it for me. Like I'll forget by the time I get to it. Anyway. <laughs> so, what happens with The Last of Us Part 1? Mm-hmm. We find out that Ellie is actually amused to this virus that okay. is going around everywhere, turning people into clickers, and they get that weird fungus-looking disease all over their body, mm-hmm. and turning into the runners that you see that are like hyper fast, yeah, know, crazy zombies like that you would have from like twenty-eight days later. Mm-hmm. Ellie's actually immune to it. So in any of the segments where there are spore fragments kind of flying around everywhere in the air, Joel has to put on a gas mask. She doesn't have to do anything. So you know, she's. He is to take her to the Fireflies, and the Fireflies have scientists. This is like rogue militia group kind mm-hmm. of thing. Fireflies have scientists that think that they can take her blood and you know body parts and stuff like that, and they can actually figure out a cure for this disease to save humanity completely. Yeah, that makes sense. And whenever they take her to the Fireflies, he finds out before he leaves completely that they're actually going to have to kill her to be able to do this. They can't just put her to sleep, draw blood, kind of things like that. It's going to involve them basically kind of dissecting her to figure out what exactly it is that's doing this. Gotcha. And they're very confident in their ability. They know that they'll be able to figure this out, but they know that they'll have to kill her to do this yeah. kind of a thing. She doesn't know that that's going to happen. He doesn't know that's going to happen until the very end. So the last kind of mission of the game is you going back into the Firefly facility them knowing what you're trying to do and you basically killing almost every person in that facility including the doctors and the scientists that are there and picking her back up putting her in your truck and the end of the game is basically them kind of taking off in this truck going down this highway and she wakes up and she doesn't know what happens and he lies to her and says they just needed to run tests on you and stuff and now they're done we're going to go meet up with tommy Mm-hmm. You know, and we're just going to be happy. And she kind of can tell that he's lying about specific things. So she doesn't know the exact truth of it, you know, everything that was there with it, but she doesn't know that he's lying to her either. Yeah. So that's kind of how we left things. You know, it's very uneasy at the end of the game because she's kind of just like, I can tell you're lying. And he's just like, of course I'm not lying to you. I would never lie to you, you know, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Yeah. So. Flash forward into where we're at on part two. We've gone to a little bit of a time skip. We have another like four year jump where Ellie is kind of a bigger role of this uh, of this community now. Mm-hmm. She's like I think like twenty or twenty one or something, and her and Joel and Tommy and this girl that she ends up meeting and kind of ends up becoming in a relationship with yeah. um, are all going on to what they do like patrols. You know, they go out two at a time patrolling specific areas, making sure it's clear for. Uh, uh, of clickers or any of these different creatures and stuff that are in the way, they'll write down in log books whenever they get to different areas. 
um, and you're getting ready to go on a patrol. Great. So then it kind of flips the script and you start playing as another woman that you just meet and her name is Abby. And Abby is part of another group of people that you kind of see that are kind of coming toward uh, the area where Joel and all of them are at mm-hmm. and Tommy's like village and stuff that they're part of this big city. And they see the city. They know that they're going to try and go down to it because they're looking for somebody. And uh, Abby kind of decides that she's going to go off on her own. She doesn't. She's tired of waiting. She she wants to go off on her own. She wants to start kind of exploring and scouting herself. So she scouts down to uh, one of these lookout areas, and on the way uh, that she scout, uh, like while she's kind of going down, she draws up this huge crowd of like clickers and all these different people, and they're all chasing her. And she goes down to this area, and it just so happens to be the area where Joel and Tommy are doing their patrols at, and they're kind of like come on and you playing as her, you know, kind of trekking mm-hmm. back and stuff. And they're like, well, there's too many people here. This area is, is to- totally unsafe. She said, I've got a group of people at this cabin. That's, you know, so many miles up the road. If you just, you know, we can go back up there. We'll be safe. Yeah. They go back up there. They kind of say, you know, this is where we're at. This is where we're from and stuff. You guys can come down there. We'll, we will, we'll give you some food. We'll make sure you're taken yeah. care of. If you need to stay, you can stay for a little bit. If you don't want to go, or if you need half places, you've got to go, you can go. Yeah. And they find out that he is Joel. They find out that he is Tommy, his brother. Mm-hmm. So they knock Tommy out and then they kill Joel. Yeah. So the reason why they killed Joel, I'm assuming, is because there may be a remnants group of the fireflies mm-hmm. or something to that effect. The reason they're searching uh, just for revenge heat, basically stopped humanity from potentially having a cure by doing so. So I think that's kind of where that's going. I don't really know. So because we know that the depth, the name of the group is WLF and now you're playing as Ellie and her girlfriend and going to like basically wherever they're at. I think they're in Wyoming or Colorado somewhere and they're headed straight to Seattle. And I'm actually in city center of Seattle now, which is where the WLF foundation group is at. And uh, trying to figure out where they're at so that way we can kind of confront them, reap our revenge and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, so it's been really good. Uh, apart from that, obviously, a little bit of Destiny here and there whenever I can. I don't really have a ton obviously. of time to do it. But that's, you know, same old, same that's old. Given. Uh, okay. beating a dead horse. I'm going to play that. And the story has been really cool. I like where we're going, you know, incorporating the darkness and stuff like that and that side of things. But the last thing I want to talk about was a little indie title, um, that I picked up. It's on game pass. Uh, for those of you that have game pass, it's called, uh, West of dead. It's a very roguelike, uh, type of game in the similar vein of like enter the gungeon. Okay. Um, so it's level based, you very, very heavy, uh, story narrative driven. And it's all, kind of inner monologue of this character that you're playing as um the characters you're playing as looks really awesome it, it's very like comic booky and it's art style and stuff it's really well done um and i'm a sucker for that like inner monologue stuff that kind of goes on it's very like batman in that sense you know that doesn't have like the bubbles that pop up with it but it's basically that like i'm explaining everything that's kind of going on without having to talk aloud to do different gotcha. things and stuff and it's really cool the way that they do it mm-hmm. um but it's level based he's in hell the character that you play as and you're kind of working your way through these tiers of hell. Um, and it's very Western feely. Like a, it's like kind of cowboy Western. You're picking up different weapons that are unique. Um, 
different power-ups that you'll get for your character as you go through level by level by level. And it's tier-based, so if you die in a specific chapter, once you get to that level, you basically kind of have to start that chapter over. Gotcha. And they have an excuse for it, why he kind of does it, because he's stuck in purgatory, kind of working his yeah. way out in that sense. So whenever he does it, he's like, you know, like kind of gets back up and he's just like, and died again, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> In that inner monologue, and then it's just kind of like picking himself back up. You get a little bit of like a negative bonus damage and stuff like that, and you can work to get those back. But I mean, there's there's always kind of a risk reward for kind of losing or dying along the way and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's it's definitely really cool if you like into the gungeon or those kind of arcadey twin stick shooters that are rogue light in that way. I definitely recommend it. And like I said, narrative wise and in the style that it's done and animation is really, really sharp, especially if you like comics, it, it comes across as a comic to me, honestly. Cool. What about you? Um, I've played a couple of games uh, for starters. I uh, started playing ukulele. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had it for a while, but I finally was like, I'm going to, I'm going to start that. I kind of want to, uh, you know, kind of mess around with a, a little easy on the eyes, uh, like 3D platformer type thing. Uh, so I was like, well, I'll start, I'll start ukulele finally. Uh, so I jumped into that. I got maybe an hour into it. Um, really, just like the the style of it. It's you know similar to the Jack and Daxters and mm-hmm. the the Crash Bandicoot. Not really yeah. Crash Bandicoots, but kind of just yeah. bright colors and whatnot. Yeah, Spyro and yeah, it's, it's like a, the ukulele is technically a spiritual successor to banjo and kazooie. Oh, okay. That's gotcha. like hence the animal on your back yeah. kind of a thing. So the same company and everything or I don't think Rare makes it. I think it's the it's the same people that were from Rare that make it. Okay. But I don't think it's actually a rare title. Kind of making just their next kind of yeah, thought process. That's why I mean, they couldn't make another Banjo and Kazooie type title, so this is their yeah. kind of answer to it. It has a ton of different indie characters that are in there too because eventually you yeah. come up with like Shovel Knight. Yeah, Shovel I remember Knight's seeing that one point really time on. on. Yeah. It's really cool. I yeah. like seeing Shovel Knight and stuff like that. In there. Yeah. Um, so I've been digging that. I will definitely keep doing. I'm playing on the Switch uh, for that, and then I uh, started playing the Kingdom Hearts Dark Road. Yeah, came out. Uh, so I like how they packaged it with the Union Cross. Like you can pick between the games. Yeah. It's all on the one app. Yep, it's still on the same app, uh, which is really good. Uh, you have to remember for anybody playing uh, your coins that you get. They are uh, you spend them on either side of it. So if you thought you had a bunch of coins to spend on Dark Road, and then you go back over to your other uh, to play Union Cross, and you find that you have zero coins left over there, uh, it's because they are the same coins. Do not spend all of them in one spot because you'll kind of be disappointed if you were saving up for something. I did that. That's why I'm saying that. I got you. <laughs> uh, Dark Road starts out with young Xehanort, with young Ericus, and their group of uh, four other friends. And they go into an adventure uh, where uh, their their master um, has put them on a mission to go uh, rescue the kind of second tier uh, heart wielders, or heart wielders, uh, 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 keyblade wielders. That are in their uh, school, kind of. So the freshmen have to go save the seniors. 
kind of situation. And so they're off on a mission. You, um, there's six total players. Uh, you and Ericus are together. Xehanort is you. Uh, you're the main character. And then there's an interchangeable third, so you can change it between the other four characters, what you get. And one's a protector, one's um, like a sword wielder, one's magic, and you know, same, same kind of thing yeah. where you can switch people out. Uh, the card base uh, turn I like. Uh, you've essentially got five cards that are down at the bottom of your screen, and you can either choose to flip or tap, uh, depending on what uh, gameplay mode you want. Yeah. And so you you tap out, and you want to match colors is really all you're doing at this point. So uh, you want to find if you've got three red cards, you type all three of them, and you've got a combo on that. It's kind of like in Chain of Memories, you could do single card combat yeah. or combo combat. This is all combo. That's cool. Um, so you're matching up your three colors. If you don't, you try to get like two blues and a green or whatever um, on that. And you can run out and you've got to recharge your deck by tapping. Uh, and it'll recharge the deck. Um, and you're defeating Heartless going through these other worlds. You start off with Agrabah. Then you have Wonderland as your secondary. Yeah. And it looks as though they're going to have different stars of difficulty <laughs> levels of each world. So like I have a, a, a single star and a two star version of Agrabah. Second star is obviously a little bit more difficult. Sure. And so you can do uh, these kind of free plays in the worlds, or you can play the mission. And the mission does sometimes include just playing free play. So mm -hmm. you might go through a couple missions, and then it's like, kill 50 Heartless. And so then you got to go to your free world uh, stuff and knock out like 50 Heartless in there. Uh, but so far, I'm still in Chapter 1, which is just trying to, I guess, find what's going on with the senior Keyblade Wilder class that you're trying to track down cool. on it. Um, collecting cards. Uh, right now, I think for the first 20 days of the game coming out, every day you get a new card. And uh, what I like about this better than uh, Union Cross is like Union Cross, you have the ability to get so many different medals for your Keyblade to, yeah. to fight with and all that jazz. Um, and you can get multiples of them, and those are great for like leveling up and whatnot. This automatically levels up when you get duplicates. So, like, if I had just a regular Shadow Heartless, and I got my next like tomorrow, I might get a new card, and it's another Shadow Heartless. It's going to combine them and level it up. Yeah. Um, and I like that because your deck gets real full of those medals on Kingdom Hearts Union yeah. Cross. Uh, so you're not going to have that same kind of situation in there. Um, I'm kind of stuck right now. They it really takes a weird turn up like. I'm, I felt like I was really cruising along like nine, eight, nine, ten missions in and was like, okay, this is a little challenging, but it's not bad. Like one, and I changed to like a tapping for my cards uh -huh. instead of uh, a fling kind of action. Uh, but then all of a sudden, like one of these levels, it kicks it up hardcore. So I'm still trying to grind out a little bit um, on there because you level up with BPs, uh, is the. Is the uh, kind of leveling uh, badge points thing, yeah. I don't know what it stands for. Used to be uh, what that stood for for oh, really? uh, for uh, Paper Mario. Oh, okay. Because you could get specific be badges to take on there. Gotcha. Um, and then they've got specific I, events and whatnot for. Go ahead. I forgot. I was going to say we didn't talk about it in the news, but did we talk about it in the news at all last week about the world ends with you? No. What's up? Uh, they're making an official anime of the oh, of nice. that, and it's turning into that. It's okay. Not gonna, I don't know where it's 
platform it's supposed to be on, but I think it's like a streaming thing. I don't know if it's Hulu or who has it exactly, but I'll have to look it up again. I gotcha. But, but yeah, they, that's they awesome. made an official announcement that's supposed to have an anime. I was like super stoked to that's actually cool. see that story unfolded that way. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I think it has good potential because it's visually kind of interesting, at least from the game's point of view. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm digging it so far. I've hit that wall for like the last three days. I've kind of go back and I'll grind a little bit and then I'll play it and I'll still lose. I'm like, well, shit, I guess that's kind of... Yeah. Got to keep going. And I'd go back to Union Cross because right now they're also giving away a free medal every day that you log in uh, in in uh, co-coordinates, uh, in cahoots with Dark Roads release. So gotcha. uh, you pop in both of them and kind of check in. Um, so that's, that's what I've been playing. I also played Monster Hunter World. Yeah. Um, for like... 30 minutes or so and i just don't that wasn't really something for me um i didn't really dig the the combat and the layout of it it reminded me a lot of um was it is it called axel um was the game where you like you're kind of it's an open world and there's dinosaurs and you can beat them up and make clothes and stuff um, arc arc that's the one Kind yeah, of remind I me of that see, a little bit. I can bit. see that to a certain extent. It is definitely an MMO, but I, I think that the combat in this is more along the lines because it's it's uh, it gives you the option whenever you play it on like PS4, which is what I started playing it on yeah, before I, I got it before I got the Xbox ported version of it, and does it on there as well too. For if you have like an Xbox Series X, you can do like a frame perfect version of it, or you can be like it's in 4K and extra pretty kind of a thing if you want to do that. If you've got like a PS4 Pro, mm-hmm. um, and the frame perfect thing really matters because it's got kind of almost semi like Dark Soulsy combat because it actually matters like the hitboxes from where the enemies hit you are like so like tight. I see and stuff, so it's like really, uh, it's really cool how the combat works sometimes to me, and it, it it has such a huge variety of like weapons. It's really kind of fun trying to find your like niche weapon what that you want to kind of get to it. Like I ended up like I started off playing with like a charge blade, and the charge blade's really cool, and then I was like I want to try it with something with like a like the big crossbow bolt type gun that's like a I have one that's almost like fires bolts out. Mm-hmm. It's like a machine gun in a way, and it gives okay. you tons of different ammo that you can try. Um, and then uh, I kind of ended up landing on, like, the thing that I ended up loving playing with the most is, like, this massive fucking hammer. Because it has so many cool, unique I think that's moves. what I started out with. Like, I love, like, there's a, there's a slide mechanic that you can do. So if you're sliding down a hill and uh, you build up enough momentum and you have the hammer, you can jump. And your character, like, if you jump on Xbox and hit Y, your character does this huge fucking crazy fast spin. You basically just smack the enemy, like, down the length of the dinosaur that you're going on. Uh, and just keep doing, like, excessive amounts of damage. And she's got a bunch of cool, unique, different, like, things you can do with it. Nice. Yeah, I really like that a lot. Nice. I also looked this up, I forgot to yeah. tell uh, So, Platonic Games is the name of the company that makes uh, ukulele. It okay. is. Uh, it was founded in 2014. Consists almost entirely of members of Rare. Oh, wow. Oh. And uh, Ukulele and the sequel to Ukulele, mm-hmm. which is Ukulele and the Impossible Air, are the only two titles that they've made. Oh. So they spent three years in development for uh, the original and then two years on the uh, the sequel, which was, uh, it's actually like a 2.5D format. It takes more of a kind of, uh, almost like a Super Mario Galaxy kind of feel to the sequel. I see. Which a lot of people ended up liking a lot more, so I feel like they'll probably go that gotcha. way if they make another one. I ended up getting that one. I, they were both on sale on Switch, and I was like, I'd like to, this seems like a good Switch game. Um, it so. still has that kind of like banjo, like classic, like 3D action platformer feel to it, but that second one apparently like, 
since it's 2.5D and mostly kind of side scrollery mm-hmm. in a way, it reminded a lot of people of like, oh, this is kind of like a mix between like the Galaxy games that had those kind of levels in it, mixed with kind of like like the new Super Mario Brothers use type thing. Because uh-huh. there's a lot of mostly just kind of side scrollery in that oh, format, okay. and they really liked the way that that played. Right on. So cool. I've never actually got to play Impossible Lair, but I've watched some gameplay of it. It looks really cool to me. Nice. Uh, you been watching anything? Uh, the same usual stuff as always. Gotham, a bunch of gar- uh, garbage. Besides Gotham, I haven't actually got to watch any bunch garbage. Of garbage. <laughs> Not really garbage. You been watching like any Gotham though? No, I haven't no. gotten caught anymore. But we're, I think we're on season four now. But okay. I haven't, uh, What's it go to? Five, six, five, five. Okay, last. that's what I thought. Five's the short. I think it's only like twelve episodes. It is a shorter one. I do remember that. That's I think right. this last one, the uh, three was twenty-one or twenty-two episodes. And I think it's four is the standard same. TV format. Yeah, yeah. But then the other is a short. Last one was. 12, I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, so I think we're about to start season four on that. Cool. Um, but we're not any further. We we ended where we ended the last time kind of For a sure. thing. Um, it's really cool. I liked, I liked, you know, Jerome coming back, seeing him with the staple face kind of a yeah. thing and whatnot. It's really, really played awesome. into yeah. that. For sure. Yeah. And then him, I think he dies. And then his brother comes into play. Oh, yeah. I forgot about a that. Real weird. Yeah. Uh, that's a thing. Jerome <laughs> and, and this one's Jeremiah. Yeah, that's they right. They look exactly the same. <laughs> Uh, it was them kind of leaning on the idea that Joker wasn't a person, but it was an idea, kind of a thing. A yes. little bit, I think. It seems like this one's kind of taking up the. Uh, I don't really know how you like almost like, not wacky, goofy off the top, but like a like a more calm, cool, collected, sinister seeming yeah. Joker. Whereas the other one was more maniacal, uh, like you know. Uh, and all over the board manic, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, very manic, very reminiscent of like a like a Heath Ledger type of a thing. Yeah. Whereas this one doesn't seem crazy. He's very he's more of like a calm, cool, collected crime boss in a way, in yeah. a sense. Um, but no, we we've been watching more of the fuck that's delicious. All the same stuff, you know. Great. Um, the one thing I was going to talk about was that I was actually enjoying was uh, what they did with Ghost Adventures for their special that they have that's kind of going on. They're in they're in between seasons right now. I think the next season starts sometime in august maybe mm-hmm. and uh in between seasons that they've done that they filmed in uh between march and april was they have a quarantine special that they've done where it's their actually, houses are haunted there it's at a uh not their houses but uh so zach Bagans, the 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 lead member of the ghost investor uh the ghost adventures crew uh has he's from they're all from las vegas in that area and he has this like haunted uh I forget what it's called. It's not Haunted Mansion, Haunted something, whatever it is. But it's it's this property that he owns that he puts all of his, like, weird uh, artifacts that are, like, supposedly haunted artifacts um, and different things from all over the world in kind of here as, like, an exhibit for people to go and visit and see and kind of have a tour guide that will walk you through and whatnot. So they did this quarantine lockdown inside of that facility, and they kind of were playing with all of these different items and trying to speak to spirits or whatever it may be mm-hmm. that was connected to certain items. Um, of those is uh, they had Jack Vorkian's van, that he did his uh, mercy killings in. I gotcha. Um, so they actually like did stuff like in and around the van, trying mm-hmm. to speak to potentially Jack Kevorkian, maybe some of the people that he had had you know the mercy killings in, you know, ending their lives and whatnot. Um, we've got certain uh, dolls that are associated, not the Annabelle doll, 
it's not there, but other dolls that are of that, you know, same ilk mm-hmm. are there. There's, I think there's one that's called like Betsy. There's an Annie. They're all the same kind of like supposedly possessed dolls that like, cause like demons are attached to these creatures that try to imitate little girls or something like that. And that's kind of the whole thing. So mm-hmm. they, they kind of brought these, like these four main dolls of their attractions in one room together to kind of be like, let's just do this and see what happens kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, one of the more recent episodes from like I think last week that they had was they did uh, they have what is called the Devil's Rocking Chair, which is kind of actually loosely tied to the future Conjuring movie that'll be coming out this uh, this October. Um, it is actually an artifact from Ed Lorraine Warren um, that the Conjuring movies and stuff are based around you know their adventures as demonologists, and uh, this Devil's Rocking Chair was I guess apparently tied to this demon. And anybody that sits in it was could get, you know, kind of like tainted by this creature. And this little boy was actually, uh, the whole thing is centered around this little boy that gets possessed. And they have the actual like audio recording. Like he has the tapes from this session from Ed and Lorraine Warren. He plays like samples of it. Mm. And they have to edit out sections of it because it gets kind of vulgar at times. Whenever the like this eight year old kid starts saying shit about like God and whatnot and like I cursing see. God. So they beep out certain sections of it. But you can actually hear like Ed and Lorraine Warren exercising this kid that's in this chair. And the movie that's supposed to be happening is is all tied to this devil's rocking chair and this boy, but the boy's brother becomes possessed by the demon, and the boy's brother ends up killing the family, and he basically, the, the Ed and Lorraine Warren were brought into kind of this court setting to say like you guys were demonologists, you were there, you were part of this. Is this something that can happen? It was the first time in history that demonologists were actually brought into a court setting to mm-hmm. kind of testify. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember you telling me and, about this. Yeah, this is supposed to be, it's the the conjuring, the devil made me do it. It's what the actual movie's called. Mm-hmm. But this is all that's tied into. And Zach, uh, he sits in the chair um, as part of like the investigation and is sitting there and he says, you know, he starts feeling kind of like pins and needles and stuff like in the back of his neck and, and on the back of his, uh, in, in his like lower back and stuff too. And different sensations that he's feeling while he's sitting in this chair and stuff. And uh, <laughs> what? Of course he does. Yeah, of course. Why not? <laughs> he, he has to. And then uh, I forget what the other room is. And then the final week, I think it's a, it's like a four week long like special. And the final week is this week. Um, so tomorrow on the second of July is uh, I think it's only one thing they're doing. It's a big culmination because they uh, there's this the most like demonic artifact that they have there is called a Dybbuk box. And Dybbuk box is possessed by, it's basically a containment for these like Jewish demons. Hmm. And like these Jewish people will seal the boxes in a specific way. And it's a containment vessel for a demon basically. And this is, you know, I mean, dating back thousands and thousands of years, and they have in possession a actual Dybbuk box and stuff that they've had on display there for a long time. And there's there's so much history. They've talked about this Dybbuk box multiple times before, but they've never actually done anything really with it. And they're saying that tomorrow night they're actually going to break the wax seal and stuff like that that's on, and they're going to open it up and try to talk to whatever's there hmm. and see if they can talk to a demon, I guess, or whatever it may be. Wow. But it's really interesting seeing the special, actually seeing more of the, the haunted like museum thing that he's kind of got going on, which is just really neat, kind of visiting in and of itself, you know, remotely, if you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. 
Nice. What about you? Um, watching a lot. Watching a lot of stuff. I uh, got caught up on Fear the Walking Dead finally. Yeah. Uh, so we're all, well, I'm all seeing uh, season five was the, the last thing. Season six was supposed to happen over the summer. Um, those plans got pushed back a little bit, just like everything did as far as release a little bit. Max Street Boys. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's got actually a lot better. Yeah. And uh, I think I've season, heard that it's progressively just every season just kept getting better yeah, and better as season, it went along. Season four really kicked up a lot. That's where Morgan kind of came in. Yeah. Uh, it's where they Jen Elfman was added to the cast. Uh, Bert from Raising Hope. I uh, don't know his actual <laughs> name, uh, but yeah, Bert from Burton Ernie. Yeah, fame. you know Bert from Burton Ernie Sesame Street and all that jazz. Um, yeah, they they've really. Walkers. Kind of, they had to make some cuts. Uh, a lot of it was good cuts, as far as like who left uh, the show to kind of make way for new leaders. Uh, Alicia, the the main uh, character, the daughter of uh, of the the, the kind of the lead. You know, yeah. uh, she's the kind of the lead head person now, but she's struggling with what that means. Victor uh, was a guy that was there from the very beginning. Is the brother still alive? No, he's the gone. With long hair. Yeah, he's gone. Okay. Um, and uh spoiler sorry uh, and uh but victor uh was uh the person who had rescued them uh from the city uh from los angeles as it was kind of collapsing he's like i got a boat and i'm going down to mexico um that's he's he's still alive he's been a really cool character actually cool would you say he's like the uh what was the i forgot his name right now already the older guy from the beginning of walking dead no with a hat no, definitely not. What was his name? I can't remember his name right now. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, definitely Dale. not. Dale. Yeah, he's definitely not the Is he Dale. the Dale of no. the group? <laughs> the lovable old gruff with the no. boat? No, he's not old. I mean, he's probably like late 40s. Uh, oh, that's Victor so old. Is. Uh, no, so <laughs> he's kind of the... I don't know. I don't know what you would say he is of the main... Uh, he would be your uh, Daryl, maybe. Kind of I'll, situation. Call, I'll call him my Daryl. He'll kind of be your Daryl. Uh, he's actually in the new Candyman movie. Daryl? Uh, no, no, the Victor <laughs> is. Uh, but <laughs> not Norman Reedus, but the actual character Dale. <laughs> Daryl will be in Candyman, uh, which they dropped a new teaser for that. I think just recently, and that this looks so good. I'm excited I'm for it. So excited for the movie. Um, Fear's good. Go catch it. It's worth the time. Uh, though it was weird, I watched the little uh, teaser for the actual season finale of Walking Dead because they still haven't uh-huh. dropped the actual season finale. Um, and it was really weird seeing those characters again because I just watched three seasons of Fear the Walking Dead like back to back to back over the last two or three months. Uh, so it was like, oh, I like those people that were in in there uh, and like maggie's coming back uh for season 11 of uh walking dead and all that so cool um also watch the first episode of star wars jedi tipple challenge the game show that's on youtube the star wars uh-huh. kids uh with legend, ahmed best legend, legend of the hidden tipple star wars legends with of the hidden lightsabers tipple. absolutely uh have you seen any of this just no, the trailer just the trailer uh it's cute it's cute. Yeah, if you is it very Legends of the Hidden Temple? Oh, it's so much like Legends that's of the Hidden Temple. That's dope. Then. Yeah, that's all I want. Yeah, it's Star Wars <laughs> Legends. It is exactly that. Um, I th- I thought Ahmed Best is a good uh, host. We don't have Shrine of the Silver Monkey. We have Shrine of the Ancient Jedi Holocron. Yeah, you just got to build your. Yeah, your <laughs> your whole goal is to to uh, get all of the parts to your lightsaber oh, that's and cool. get a Kyber crystal and you get a, a lightsaber that's and kind dope. of 
pass uh, being a, a going through Padawan training kind of thing. That's cool. So it's a really neat concept. Uh, I think if you have kids and you like Star Wars or they like Star Wars, that's uh, definitely a show. I don't what know. What if, if I'm an adult with a like an almost two year old, but I like Star Wars? Um, yeah. It's cool. not cartoons, so she might not dig it. That doesn't uh, it's matter. It's not like bright, like bold shapes or anything. I'll give her my phone. Uh, she can watch something else. Yeah, but I. <laughs> I like it. I wouldn't sit and watch it like all day long. I think there's three episodes out now. I wasn't interested in watching the second episode right away. Like I would, I would go back later on and probably just put it on the background or something. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't too bad. Uh, also watched the first couple episodes of The Floor is Lava, the new Netflix game show. Yeah, I've seen the trailer uh, for that. We now talked too. about we, we talked about that, and yeah. I, I watched probably like a first couple of minutes of it and i didn't yeah. it was just i we were getting ready to leave so i didn't yeah. watch a ton of it but it looked like it would be pretty cool it's not horrible yeah um it's it's entertaining back uh background noise background noise uh to kind of watch and go oh they just fell off of that um at a certain point i think it's going to get even though they change rooms with every every episode i'm sure it will get boring yeah at a certain point to just sit there and binge the floor is lava. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like a show that like I could probably stomach doing like a couple episodes, but then I would probably want to put it down for yeah, a little bit. I can't even do more than one at a time. You know what I mean? Like, like here's an hour. Or are they hour? 22 minutes? Something like that? I can't even tell you. Do like, say, 22 minutes. It feels minutes. like an hour. Just a couple 22-minute episodes, and then just be like, cool, well, I'll. Uh, this will be my 3 o'clock thing I do yeah. tomorrow. I'll catch you up later. Um, then uh, Celebrity Show Off is on now. This is a new show on TBS. It's on every Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's essentially they're giving a bunch of uh, quote-unquote celebrities um, the ability to pitch a TV show. And so they go and they film the TV show. And then it goes up on YouTube. So you can go and watch all of these. Uh, if you just type in TBS Celebrity Show Off on YouTube, um, you can check out all of the TV shows that are going on right now. And based on how many likes and views and all that jazz you get on YouTube uh, is whether or not you get to stay another week to make another show. Cool. Um, the only reason I'm interested in this is Kevin Smith's on it. Uh, he's making a show called Summon Lockdown, uh, which is essentially a, a sitcom version of his current true life, which is that uh, uh, Harley Quinn's uh, boyfriend is staying with them yeah. at their house during lockdown. Austin is. Um, and so it's kind of just a, a made up kind of cartoony version, uh, for like a sitcom of it. And, uh, it's really good. It's, That's it's, cool. It's funny. Uh, he made it to week three. So episode three uh, is out now. You can go check that out. Um, and then, uh, Bella Thorne has had a show on there. Ja Rule has, has a show. Rule, baby. Uh, and that's really, actually Ja Rule's got a really good show generally. Like it's pretty funny. Um, Jason Mraz has a show that he does on there. It's really good. It's musical related always. Um, uh, so hope. far, uh, two episodes in on those, um, Tori Spelling's on there currently. It looks like Diplo's coming in next week. Uh, you get five celebrities, and as one gets voted off, you add in a new. You one. add in a new one. That's cool. um, the first week we lost the Willis sisters, like uh, Tallulah Scout and uh, Rumor, um, and they were all doing like a, a uh, what's that called with where you do uh, Fear Factory? Oh, okay. Fear Factory. Fear Factory. Yeah, uh, they were doing something like that. So they were off the first week. They bowed out on their own. Um, I think one of my favorite fear, uh, apart from actual Fear Factory, they used to have that show that was on. Oh, I think it maybe on maybe it was on Sci-Fi for a little bit called okay. Elevator. 
Mm, and it had that. like these two people that were like these two chicks that were like the hosts of it. And they would have like three people that would uh, go into it. They would yeah. go down like different tiers and they had to go through something that was almost like a haunted I think house I watched in a an way episode of that. or something, but it had like actual real things in it that they would have to like go like go past this pit of tarantulas and yeah. stuff like that and get this blah and then you'll get the hundred dollars and then run back to the elevator until the, like if there's no time left then it closes and next yeah. it goes down up to the next floor kind of a thing yeah i thought that was a really cool concept yeah i think i remember that uh but yeah this has been a, a cool show um i would recommend it if you like watching little like because they're like short episodes and yeah. it, it kind of crammed into one. So there's you another get... celebrity-centric show that's coming on. It's like a nerd roundtable thing. I've seen it had like Jonah Ray it. on it. It's got like Brian Posehn. Like it, it changes cast like every week. Like, uh, like a dinner for five type thing? In like... a way. But it's got like more than five on it at points in times. But they're all like making arguments. It's like very nerd and geek based. I guess. And like one of the episodes that I saw, like one of the first ones is, I didn't see it. See it. I saw the ad for it or the, the commercial for it. And it's like uh, Star Wars versus Star Trek, mm. and it's like each kind of go group has like a like four people here, four celebrities here, four celebrities here, like comedic guests or whatever. And it's kind of like we're for Star Wars, we're for Star Trek, and they're kind of like fighting each other in like debate format, yeah, to kind of figure out who the winner is. And uh, no like real prize or anything like that involved. It's just a way to kind of do like some geek culture, yeah. new, like some type content of to, to pass the time with, yeah. Thing. But it seemed like it might be a fun time. I don't know. I remember what network it's on, though. I got you. It seems like it'd be kind of cool. Uh, on the movie side, I watched My Spy, the, uh, the, the movie. Batista movie. Yeah, the Batista movie uh, that finally came out, and it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I saw it was uh, an Amazon original. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. Uh, Batista is still playing a Drax-type character in that he's um, he's not like a dry, kind of alien-y sense of humor, necessarily, but... Uh, in that he's dry, doesn't have like a lot of feeling or. What was the taxi movie that he did? Wasn't that a taxi movie? Him and I don't know somebody did. Maybe Kamal Nanjani. I think that was. Oh, wasn't that a thing? Is that Stuber? Yeah, Stuber. That yeah, was an Uber driver. I think. Yeah, I couldn't you think told me that about yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this he one, seems like he's playing the exact same character that he did in Stuber, but <laughs> that's where I was like, I would like to see. He gave, he did well with this character, yeah. but once again, kind of just another variation of the. I'm a uh, big guy that's strong, and I can be funny. I don't have a lot of emotion, kind yeah. of a thing. Like I'm, 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 I'm devoid of motion of emotion. Trying to play um, to his strengths. Yeah, exactly. Um, I will say that this is uh, probably the best of the. I'm a wrestler, and I'm going to branch into doing kid movies uh, that I've seen. Like thinking about like Mr. Nanny. Uh, the Hulk Hogan movie, yeah. or like the Tooth Fairy, the Rock movie, yeah. like this was better than both of them. Okay, um, I'm, I thought at least. Um, I don't know, man. I love the love of Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny is uh, is on. I mean, when he wears that <laughs> only leotard. second, only second to Mr. Mom. I liked the uh, bringing back Michael Keaton. <laughs> I liked kind of the whole concept behind it that he was kind of a he he's a, a CIA agent that kind of messed up, and they're giving him kind of a one last chance, and then he ends up. Uh, getting real close to this family because the girl, the little girl that you see in the trailer, she uh, just finds out that they're bugging the place and why they're there and everything. She kind of uh, catches them. And is so it, is the chick that's there with him. Is it Kristen Shaw? Yeah. Kristen Shaw. Okay. Yep. Um, and so uh, the little girl busts them and she makes him do things like, 
you're going to have to take me to my, uh, my ice skating practice and whatnot. Oh. And so in the middle of all that, he kind of seems like a nice guy and she starts trying to get him to be hooked up with her mom. And then there's kind of a love story there oh, yeah. uh, with it all. But like I said, not, not nearly as bad as I thought it would be. It's on Amazon prime. So if you've got it, get it. Um, and then I watched Artemis Fowl, the Disney Plus movie. I was debating on watching that uh, this week, but I didn't get time to do so. Was that how are how is your? I would be very curious to see what somebody thought that didn't have preconceived notions okay. about it. Well, I will tell you because I have nothing. I've never read the books, and I really don't know a ton about it. So yeah. I'll let you know that point of view about it next time. <laughs> it, uh, it 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 seemed like Artemis Fowl light to me. Um, and I was actually just listening to an interview with the director about uh-huh. why they were making decisions that they did. Um, and I don't agree with them at all. Uh, essentially, Artemis Fowl, the book, without giving you too much, because I'd want you to go in with a little blankness to it. Artemis Fowl starts off the book series, this kid is an evil genius. Yeah. He's a bad guy. You're not really supposed to like him. Yeah, I know. I knew he was supposed to be kind of like a, like a supervillain in a yeah. way, right? Yeah, kind of immediately going out, and then he kind of gets heart. It's kind of the the idea is that he's a Grinch, but a boy. Yeah, he's a Grinch boy. (laughs) (laughs) And they tell this story in a reverse form because they felt like you needed to like this kid before you started his journey. Okay. And it kind of makes everything, in my point of view, not make any sense. So they start off making the kid likable, and then he gets shitty? And then he gets to become a mastermind afterwards. But he's still likable, or he just gets shitty That's where I think it becomes really difficult to like like this storyline. Like, the way the the kid progresses is, like, he just becomes a likable mastermind by the end of it. Instead of being, like, this evil mastermind that you then like. They took away, like, major elements of what made this kid shitty to begin with, to make him likable. Um, and I get that. So that's why I'm like, did they do a good job with it? And I just have a preconceived notion is what I'm curious to find out yeah. about it. Um, overall, I I wouldn't watch it again. Um, I and I, I hope that they don't make any more. They might. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how much, I guess, they have the you know ability to see yeah. how many people have streamed it. I'd be curious, yeah. I'd be, be curious to see about that. And they kind of... Uh, crunched the first two books together a little bit. Okay, and there's like six books, so um, that would that part would be interesting too to see how they write I think a second movie. Like what was a series of unfortunate events movie was trying to cram like yeah the first three books I think into one of, kind of a, a thing because they did the it was all still based around the first book like bad beginning and then it kind of was like oh we're gonna go visit Ultra Monkey Monty who's not until like the second book and yeah. then kind of a thing like that. I think that's what they did with this, too. They kind of stole concepts from the second book and pulled it into the first book just so they could, or the into the movie, so that they could make the story a little bit more cohesive the way they wanted to tell it. I wonder if it'll be like Lemony Snickers. Because I really love the movie a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no, you know, I, I absolutely adore that movie. But I wonder, because I felt like the movie, uh, like the show got it so much right, and yeah. it got it so much more better, and I just couldn't want to, I did not want to put it down whenever yeah. I was watching it. wonder if they did that format with Artemis Fowl in a way if maybe it would play maybe kind of uh, similar. I bet they won't do it. I, I bet they if they did, I bet it would yeah. be a while. But I'm just saying like yeah. I wonder if it would play better in that kind of a sense. Depends on if they have a different mindset about it. Yeah. Um I think it's all about the mindset. They I, and you haven't seen this maybe in a while, maybe you have because uh, I don't know a lot of the original stories for like Cinderella's and the Snow Whites and sure. stuff like that. But 
they definitely just Disney-fied Artemis Fowl because Artemis Fowl wasn't a Disney book to begin with. Right. Um, they bought the rights to it and then they rewrote the story to be kind of the Disney version, which is the less traumatic and less fucked up version. Because yeah, not like, like in the original Cinderella stuff, it wasn't like at some point in time somebody gets their feet cut off because of the know. glass slipper shit or something like you. that. I'm pretty sure that's something that like happens. Like it, it's like grim stuff is all morbid and twisted yeah. and stuff. And they had yeah. to Disneyfy it to make it family friendly at all. Yeah. And I think this is in a, on a lighter sense, but they still took a story that had to do with um a mother who was had mental illness, an abandoning father who was a shitbag, and a kid that's le- a rich kid who's left to his own devices when his mother's has uh, mental disorders and his father's gone missing. What does his dad's in this movie, isn't it? Yeah, so I didn't think he's not. You said that he's not like really in the book at all, right? Not in the first one, no. Okay, no. Uh, so they re- they really take it and they go this kid doesn't have tragedy anymore. So he has to, you know, what, what does it's like national treasure, national, national treasure fight it where it's like, okay, my dad taught me all of these things. How do I go and learn them? Um, that one's again, not a bad storyline, just not this storyline. So I'd be curious I if gotcha. it picks up for somebody else. Um, and that's my movies. Cool. Sounds. Sounds. Uh, we got a surprise release this last first uh, Friday of uh, an Incubus doing a, uh, a Backstreet Boys reunion tour. Uh, yeah, doing like, a stay-at-home. Uh, doing a stay-at-home little uh, quarantine version of Agoraphobia, yeah. uh, you know, which is very fitting for it. Um, which I really enjoyed a lot, actually. I, I told Mandy, I was like, it, I think we're actually coming up close-ish to uh, Curl Left the Murder? Uh, is it... How, how far because are we? Make I think Yourself at, was this I'm pretty last sure year, right? that we're at 15 years now. For Curl Left the Murder? Uh-huh. Well, wasn't it 20 years just a second ago for uh, was it the Make 24? Yourself? 19? Okay, so maybe I'm In 99's Make Yourself? Well, I thought... What, what year when was... did Make Yourself come out? Make Yourself came out in 99. Yeah, 99. Was it 99? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. But I think it was 2000... I want to say it was 2005. I want to say 02. For Crow Left the Crow. Murder? I don't think so. No, no, because you have Morning View in the middle. Morning of View's the... in the middle. Morning View is 2001. probably, yeah. I think 2004 or 2005. Yeah. I want to say 05, though, for some reason. But I think that that would be 15 years. So this would be a 15-year. So that. I was curious. I, was, I told Manny, I was like, it'd be cool if they just did just an acoustic version of that album. It's yeah. like a 15-year anniversary kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Just as something to release on streaming platforms. Do, but yeah. I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I really yeah, was... Yeah, was good. That was always been one of my more favorite albums of theirs and i didn't think it like not like it went unnoticed but i don't think a lot of people gave it as much love as they did the earlier they got ones. love later yeah I, I always enjoyed it like from the get i think it was great yeah it was one of those that people circled back around to i think so later if you on. love incubus acoustic version there it's really good uh nothing but thieves released a new single they've got two singles out for a new album that's supposed to come out later this summer uh this one's called the real uh, real love song um, it's a very kind of rockin' tune. They've been kind of picking up the pace with a lot of different songs. More of their stuff is kind of meeting a flair of like Queens of the Stone Age more so than what they had from their prep, uh, their last album, which is now I think three years old. Um, but it's kind of like really picking up a little bit more of a rockin' tone kind of a thing to nice. it. Kind of like what you would get from maybe like Lullabies of Paralyze, mm-hmm. that kind of a tone, like that that era of Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, um, still very melodic, but at the same time. 
really you know rocking and kicking it um but i'm digging that a lot too and then uh the last one that i was wanting to talk about was uh which i had mentioned to you i think maybe a week or two ago uh after the the destiny 2 uh announcement and the trailers and stuff were coming out uh for the new uh the new expansion coming out in september and then for uh for the new season that just started uh, just a, like a couple weeks back, we had a new dungeon that started on the game as well, too, called the Prophecy Dungeon. And it's very, like, kind of topsy-turvy, upside-down, like, weird puzzle-solving and stuff like that. But they had a mu- uh, they had this really cool EDM soundtrack that was playing in the background of it. It's a very cinematic feel to it. Um, the name of the band is uh, Kings and Creatures. And the yeah. album that was on was uh, Genera. And it whole thing front to back is a really awesome, just a cinematic feeling uh, album as far as like EDM writing music goes. So it's not very like just standard synth wavy kind of a thing. Like I said, like the scope and scale of it, like the next track after that one, uh, if it's a, got almost like a weird EDM mix with a country western movie kind of feel to it. Gotcha. So they kind of just pick and choose what they really want with these things, and mm-hmm. it is really cool how they don't just have to stick to a one, you know, they're not a one-trick pony kind of a thing. Yeah. That every album has something new to offer, and every album has, like, every song is a little bit of a change-up. Nice. So it's really cool. I really recommend that too. So we've got uh, Kid Get Rights have a show coming up. We are going to be at uh, Bruce Brothers in Murfreesboro, Illinois. So if you are anywhere close to the area, we'd love to come see you on July 10th. Uh, we'll be playing from 7 to 10 that night uh, in the bar. Um, what if they're not close to the area? Can they still come and see you? Yeah, I don't care. I just figured that they probably wouldn't drive. Well, they might. I mean, you might have fans that are from, like, hours away that want to come and see you. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. They can do that. You can't shortchange these people, man. No, I just, you know, sometimes you just what say... What was the URL again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do that? <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll be at Bruce Brothers uh, coming up real soon. Uh, we're excited to be back in there. We like that venue. It's a pretty pretty uh, nice little place in Murfreesboro. Um, if you... Uh, are intending on coming we'd love to know you know give us a little wave on our event uh if you go to the page facebook.com slash can't get rights uh you'll be able to see the event there uh say you're going you're interested you know share the love if you're not even going to be able to make it if you're not in the area we'd love it if you just shared the event if you go to our page on facebook.com slash can't get rights like the page share the page all that jazz um we love it. Uh, we love the, we love the love. Um, Absolutely. Facebook.com slash can't get rights. That's right. Um, in other music besides things that I'm doing, um, we got a, a new kind of uh, reimagining of um, a mission or a mark, a mission, a brand, a scar, the dashboard confessional album, the classic album. Um, it looks like uh, Chris Cabrera is uh, doing kind of acoustic versions of all of the dashboard albums, or at least the classic ones. Maybe um, he also has done uh, alter the ending and dusk and summer. Um, and essentially calling these the now is then is now version. So uh, if you go look up a mark, a mission, a brand, a scar, the uh, now is then is now is in parentheses behind it. Um, these will be just kind of one guitar, 
uh, one vocal uh, renditions of all of these tunes. Um, and they're not just old demos. They're actually they're him now uh, producing them. So uh, I really like Dashboard Confessional a lot. Uh, they're one of, one. I'm not gonna say one of my favorite bands, but they're definitely up there. Uh, there's a lot of bands that kind of fall in front of them, but yeah, um, it's good good tunes, uh, and I, I appreciate the rawness of it. Uh, reminded me why I like raw, raw a raw acoustic uh, and vocal uh, song. Uh, sometimes I get caught up in the oh I'm doing that because that's my capability is I really am, am I can mix an acoustic song uh, to death but when it comes to getting drums and bass in there um, I kind of fall short and so I'm like oh I like the other thing but I really think that this is just a good tune I think people like listening to acoustic music so yeah um, that's good uh, Hiam uh, released their new album music our women in music part three Hiam Hiam is yeah. that their Jewish name? No, that's how, they pronounce, how you pronounce it. I thought it was Haim. No, it's Haim. Are you sure? Yep. Okay. I, I watched them do a video where they were said their name. Okay. They pronounced it Haim. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, they uh, This has The Steps on it, which is probably my favorite song on the album is The Steps. Uh, opens with a really cool tune called Los Angeles. Um, has uh, just a, a good vibe throughout the whole thing. It's very uh, Cheryl Crowy vibe. To me, I, I which I like old Cheryl Crow stuff, not like the more country stuff, but the just singer songwritery vibe of it all. You want to soak up the sun? Not not quite there, like before <laughs> pre soak up the sun. Uh, though I don't mind that song, definitely not that vibe. Uh, and then Seven Dust released a cover. I'm not a humongous Seven Dust fan, but I I think that. They're talented musicians, and they've yeah. written some pretty good songs over the years. I uh, really like LeJohn Witherspoon's vocals like uh, throughout all that. And they did a cover of The Day I Tried to Live, the Soundgarden song. Cool. And uh, I recommend anybody to go check this out. I would love to see LeJohn Witherspoon um, do like a tour with the Soundgarden guys. Um, I don't think he is the perfect replacement for Chris, but I don't think you want to find the perfect replacement. I think you want to find somebody who fits the songs well. Yeah. Um, and the way that he handles this song, uh, and that's a, a fairly difficult song. Like, yeah. There's a lot going on vocally uh, with range, and I think he handles all of it with grace in a way that somebody wouldn't go, oh, he's trying to be Chris Cornell. Like, yeah. It would, you would be able to listen to him go that, and then you'd be able to go and listen to, like, Bitch, and go, oh, that's just LeJohn. Like, he's sitting there with, like, he's a talented vocalist, and um, and we were kind of just taking him for granted. I mean, kind of, not that he's stuck with a kind of new metal-y type band necessarily, but um, they don't, I don't think they get the kind of traction, at least anymore, that they, they used to get. No. Um, I don't know, but man, that song is killer. Your, your your prime Seven Dust was probably like two thousand to two thousand two. Oh yeah, for sure. That was the that was the magic window for them. But I mean, sure. it doesn't make them any less of a band. I think they're very yeah. talented. And I and I typically go back and I'll listen to like new releases, like when they put out a new album. I'll give it a once over and go, yeah. yeah, that was a good Seven Dust album. And then I'll just kind of move on with my life. I forgot to mention that I listened to the new Lamb of God too, the self titled. Oh, they put out a new album. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is it? Honestly, it's it's more of a return to form. It sounds something like something that came out around the same time of like wrath or okay. wraith or whatever it is yeah um yeah it's, it's very very good there's a couple of tracks on there that are uh 
that are really I, I would recommend because it sounds like uh, I think the the ending track to me it's so much more faster paced. They have a different drummer now, oh, yeah. um, and it kind of it kind of is very reminiscent of like a, like a Burn the Priest type thing. Like like it gets that really fast pace, almost borderline blast beatiness yeah. to it to it, and it's uh, it's pretty good. Cool, right on. Um, and then uh, non music related but uh, podcast related, mm-hmm. Fake Doctors, Real Friends. Yeah. Is uh, a Scrubs rewatch podcast that uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison are currently doing. Uh, it's really good. I've uh, been hearing good things it's, about uh, it. It's uh, really funny if you are into Scrubs and you like the relationship between uh, JD and Turk or or Zach and Donald. Um, this is just picking up right where that left off. It's the same kind of banter back and forth. Um, the same kind of uh, conversations they have different people from the shows on there. Um, like, uh, I'm, I'm still not caught up cause they're doing like two a week right now. Mm. Um, and they started, I think back in April. Uh, so I was like, Oh, I can catch up to that pretty good. But as you're catching up, they're popping them out like crazy. Uh, they're probably into season two by now, I would imagine. Um, but they're just, they go through a recap. They talk about what's going on with the show. They have a, a caller every week of like a fan or something just to like, cool. ask them like questions and, and whatnot. It's all over Zoom. They're even over Zoom um, doing it. And uh, it's it's been going, oh, I need to rewatch Scrubs is kind of like yeah. really what it reminds me of. But I, I'm not rewatching it with them. I'm just listening to it because right. I've seen most of those episodes a couple of times. Uh, but this definitely makes me want to go check it out again and kind of see it from a different lens of yeah. kind of how they're explaining their experiences are. Uh, yeah, it's a, a straight up just uh, even if they weren't doing recap, which 90% of the time it doesn't seem like they're even doing recap. They're just mm-hmm. kind of they start a conversation, kind of what they've been up to. And then they bring some, if, especially if they're bringing somebody in from the crew, um, either whether it's cast or if it's writers, directors, um, it's it turns really quickly into just their experiences on the show in general right. and less about a specific episode. Um, and then they'll be like, oh, yeah, we got to get back to the episode and kind of dive into it. That's but, cool. Um, yeah, go check it out. Fake Doctors, Real Friends. Awesome. Books you've been reading? Uh, I have a few books that I've been reading. Uh, I, I read uh, the second volume of The Wicked and the Vine. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I know we kind of talked about it a little bit behind yeah, the scenes, it. Yeah. Uh, but then I've, it's been done and finished now. Um, I'm over halfway through volume three. Nice. Um, it's all really good. I'm liking where the story's You're going ahead of me quite a bit. Now. It's, it's, it's really fucking good. I'm excited to just keep going on it yeah. too. Um, kind of as like a little bit of a palate cleanser. Cause I got the halfway point of volume three and hit the end of an issue. I was just like, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go maybe even just reread something. And I started reading, uh, I picked back up where I left off from my reread of uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man series mm-hmm. that started back in the 2000s. Yeah. Um, and picked up on Volume 2, and I've read Volume 2 and 3 of that, um, getting ready to dive into 4. I ended up actually not finishing every volume of that um, because I didn't start reading those until probably like 2006. I see. And by that point in time, I think the arc and everything was completely finished. Gotcha. And I think I ended it like Volume 13, maybe, mm-hmm. 12 or 13. Yeah, I mean, it went long. Yeah, it was. I think it goes up to eighteen, if I'm okay. not mistaken. Wow. I think. Um, so I'm. I'm going to try and truck through it back through. You know where I was at because there's a lot of it that I actually forgot already. Like that, like stuff that happens at the very beginning that I just don't even remember because right. it's been so long since I've touched it. But I'm really, really enjoying that. that that's my 
My go-to favorite iteration of Spider-Man is we're Spider-Man. It's in Spider-Man. He's in high school. You know, we we start off and he's like a junior in high school, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, you know, you your classic origin story and kind of things. But there's some twists and turns along the way that kind of blend into something new. And I I always love that Ultimate series uh, in general, like yeah. Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate Spider-Man, and stuff. I love the flavor of it. Um, my, still to this day, as much as I really like the Marvel Spider-Man game, my favorite favorite Spider-Man game that's ever came out was the ultimate Spider-Man game mm-hmm. that came out in I think maybe 2003 or 2004. And it was even on the original Xbox. I that's what I had it on. Um, but it was amazing, like massive. You could explore all of New York city. You interact with all the other characters. You have like uh, side missions that are like racing against uh, Johnny blaze. Like you'll start off on like the Reed tower and you'll like go all around New York and you have to like web zip to try and race him to win and stuff. It has all kinds of day. And that game is uh, that, that like kind of blends because you'll play half the game as Spider-Man, half the game as venom and the venom in that game kind of plays like an incredible Hulk. Cause he's so bulky in mm-hmm. the, those comics and whatnot so he's just jumping around and slamming because he doesn't have web and stuff so he's just slamming you're picking up cars and throwing it but i love that that universe in general and and i really like it so i'm 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 really diving back into it and enjoying that nice about you i uh i haven't been reading a, a total ton of lots uh but i uh i read the first issue of the dark knight's death metal yeah. Uh, which is a follow-up to Dark Knight's Metal, uh-huh. um, and uh, it's. I think I'm missing a little bit of it because since Dark Knight's Metal, there's been uh, the continuation of the story of the Batman Who Laughs uh-huh. and some other things that kind of cross over with that. And I didn't keep up with that. I'm really only interested in this Death Metal series to see if Sandman shows back up in it mm-hmm. because he was... Because I remember you saying before on like earlier parts of the episodes when you were first starting reading Metal yeah. that you thought it was an okay story, but you were basically in it to see what happens. Yes. With, there was like a gap of time or something where Sandman was... Is he gone or something? Yeah, it's the kind of the reason for the Sandman universe books kind of kick off um, with the events of Metal uh, because Daniel, uh, the Sandman, is throughout metal a little bit and the way that metal ends uh sandman loses kind of uh hope for humans Mm -hmm. and then just decides to leave um and then that kind of kicks off what happens with the dreaming and house of whispers and all those other books um remember you just and like this is kind of the reason why i'm reading it but then you just kind of were along for the ride for it (laughs) so now i'm going i'm like okay Sandman was it wasn't a prominent character, wasn't a main character, but it was like a, a secondary character within right. metal. So I was like, okay, in death metal is are we gonna see more Sandman? Are we gonna see no Sandman? Um, so I'm curious. So I'm just kind of riding along just to Have see. Have they given any again. kind of promise that he might be in no. there at all or anything mm-hmm. like that? It kind of mm-hmm. led me into the, there was a, a rumor that's been going around on uh, some, there's a, a subreddit that I kind of found that was called games and Le- or spoilers and leaks and stuff okay. like that. And there's a rumor that the next uh, Mortal Kombat game from NetherRealms is in works. And it's actually going to be like the first actual proper tie-in, and it's MK versus DC. Oh, nice! And that's kind of like a bleed-in. Then they're going to have some more like uh, M-rated material and stuff that happens in it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the characters that they're going to have in this tie-over, in this like universe crossover, are labeled as uh, it'll say like Wonder Woman Metal, like DC Metal, like oh, that that version of Wonder Woman in it. And uh, I think that's kind of 
like the direction that they're going like story wise and stuff is they're going to start pulling some stuff from the metal stuff. I was just kind of thinking it was like it'd be real weird if you had like all of a sudden a DLC character with Sandman that yeah. you could play. As. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I, I he's a pretty passive fellow. It'd be interesting to see what kind of moves. He had. <laughs> yeah, just blowing shit in your face. Yeah, making you dream and fall asleep. Um, and then like getting one of his nightmares to come beat you up instead. Uh, that'd be kind of neat. I mean, they could do all kinds of stuff with yeah. it. I'm excited. Like, I really like the incorporation of that Warner Brothers has tied with like those universes and have an actual like combat game like that where mm-hmm. they would do one versus another is really intriguing to me because they kind of like, I mean, was Injustice started first and then the comic series started directly after? I think so. And that's kind of what was inspired off of the writing I from the game. they kicked off of the same. And that was bled into because it was a digital first comic that I think was tied in with the release of, and then it bled into the sequel to it. I was like, it'd be kind of really kind of cool if we got ended up getting an actual like MK versus DC comic series that you could follow along with too. That'd be really neat. Outside of the demand for the second Injustice, uh, I think the fact that the comic book series went so long, yeah is probably why they had a second Injustice game. Yeah, for sure. With that story. Otherwise, they're probably just like, here's more characters and they're fighting. They probably continued all of that because that comic book series went on forever. I think it was like (laughs) five seasons Uh um, of the first one. And then they went to Injustice 2 and they had more comic attached. I don't think 2 didn't go on nearly as long as as 1 did, but... That was it. Was a long-standing comic. That would be something I would definitely pick up, though. I mean, not that I didn't want to read the Injustice stuff. I mean, because I played the first game and it's really fun. I like it a lot. And I mean, it plays like modern Mortal Kombat. It's Nether Realms. It's the same people, absolutely. But at the same time, I was just like, I'm so engrossed in. I I love DC characters, but I'm so engrossed in like Mortal Kombat characters, and I love I love their story, and I love to see them and together on like a page would be really awesome to have like a all of a sudden like have like a scorpion fighting superman yeah. for no reason I mean, for whatever reason in well, story continuity you got a world where you know, dc has fought against the master of the universe so like yeah why couldn't they and that was i don't know if that was necessarily canon but they made it real like a real reason for yeah. the for eternia to be mixed in with all of that so yeah. why not i think there's all the reasons i mean they could take there's I mean, there's there's two. That's what I mean. There's two. There's two realms to Earth. I mean, there's your standard Earth realm that all of those characters, like Liu Kang, Sonya oh, Blade, true. and all of them exist on. And then there's the Nether realms, which is basically like Hell esque, where yeah. you have your Scorpion, Sub Zero, Shao Kahn, all of yeah. those guys and stuff. So I mean, They're maybe already, it's something where there's like a realm bleeding, and then your your existing heroes have to team up with the Justice League to kind of push back yeah. these villains. They're already rocking a multiverse and in, in Mortal Kombat, yeah. essentially. They have so. been for a while now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so that'd be cool. Uh, outside of that, there's a, a Comicsology original. I read the first issue of. It's a four issue mini uh, called Youth. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I had been seeing it a lot on like the the Twitters and whatnot. It was like, hey, this is a you know, it's getting a lot of heat, like good heat uh, on it. And so I went and checked it out. And youth is essentially the story of these uh, two kind of younger men that are uh, they, they live with their parents. They're probably in high school age, and uh, they both kind of get fed up with their situations. And it turns out that they're a couple, and they run away together. 
and they're gonna go uh, travel and 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 get away just from their I think Middle America type families uh, and go I think to the West Coast it looked like and so they they pair up with this group of uh, three other kind of misfits that are in a van because the car breaks down they steal from one of the kids stepdads um, so they go on and they get in a wreck. Uh, while they're all traveling together and after they get out of the wreck uh one of the the girls that they're with uh, is presumably dead i do believe uh-huh. and then one of the other characters besides the the couple uh that's in the van uh is just floating in the air at the very end uh and it appears as though there may be an alien type sci-fi element brought together with this kind of coming of age a uh, couple that is escaping their kind of uh, not so positive uh, life that they they had before. Cool. Uh, with this group of kind of misfit kids, um, so I'm interested to see where it goes. That's kind of one of my next things is to finish up youth, uh, as well as I'm continuing to dive into the Lock and Key series. Yeah. Uh, because I want to be prepared for the Sandman Lock and Key crossover. Yes. Uh, that's happening in October. That we will be covering, it sounds like, uh, as it comes out. I don't want to kind of get caught up with all the lock and keys. Yeah, I'm going to start trying to get into some Sandman stuff, because I have only think I've ever read the first trade. Okay. What is it, Preludes and Nocturne? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I've ever actually read, read of Sandman. And I enjoyed it, but it was just, I just ended up putting it down for yeah, some reason. Absolutely. But it, it seems really awesome to I me. I get it. Um, I've read Preludes and Nocturnes probably four or five times, and the rest of them not nearly as many, because yeah. you, you kind of get started, and you're like, that was a good story. And then you kind of move on to something yeah. else. So I, I get it. In between my other stuff, I'm going to finish out uh, that volume three of Wicked in the Divine. Cool. Um, and then a couple other poems that I've downloaded that I have plans of reading after I finish that one. Uh, they put a trade version of Galaxy's Edge together. Yeah. So I'm going to read through that so that way I can get that story in there. Yeah, that's a good And then one. Uh, based on your recommendation, I'm actually going to try out Sweet Tooth. Oh, yeah. Because they, like, the, the they, the, they have book one on there, so I, I thought I'd give it a tryout on yeah. there and see how that was. To, I downloaded it so that I could start, because I only read like the first volume of that, so yeah, I'd, I would like to circle back around and yeah. check that one out. I got both of those downloaded, so I can start. I'm re- we're getting ready to have our break from work, so I think I'm going to read that oh, cool. whenever I get a little bit of downtime here at home. Nice. Yep. Nice, nice. What about you? Got anything that you're going to do beforehand? Um, no, that's about it. Baiting? And, you know, lots of... Lots of Bateman, Batemans. Lots of Jason Batemans <laughs> in my future. <laughs> Ozark, season four, coming soon. I'd like to watch Ozark one of these days. I heard it's, it's not, really good. Not uh, not one of my poems, by it, any means. It's okay, though, because it's about to end, so you'll have plenty of time Ozark to catch up. Ozark is? So yeah, season four is the fourth last. is the last one. Apparently, it's supposed to be a lot bigger of a season than all the other ones, I guess. I gotcha. I've never watched any Word. of it. I've heard Me it's neither. good, though. I don't even know what it's about. Uh, drugs. Oh. Word. I feel New Zealand. <laughs>
Get up. 